Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here at the Silly Mania podcast, we are passionate about drifting history. Here's a little history lesson. Back in 2003, Falcon Tires did what no other tire company in the U.S. did. They promoted drifting by sponsoring Falcon Drift Showoff, and they brought legendary Japanese drifters Koguchi and Seigo Yamamoto to judge and do demos. They sponsored grassroots drivers, and when FD was established, they supported the series and drivers for 19 years. When we approached Falcon about partnering with us, they were happy to come on board because they care about drifting culture, and they support our mission to document drifting both past and present. Thank you Falcon Tires for playing an important role in drifting around the world and for making season two our best season yet. For more information, please visit Falcon Tires website at falcontire.com and check out their IG at Falcon Tire. You're listening to the Silly Mania podcast season two brought to you by Falcon Tires. Here we document the history of drifting by interviewing the OGs and trendsetters of drifting culture. I'm your host, Benson Sue. And I'm your host, Nadine Sue. And I'm not a host, but I'm Mark Mondoy. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Still Eating Mania podcast. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited for you guys to hear this next interview. I've been trying to get him on for months, and I think he's so important to drifting culture. Yes. He is an OG, one of the OGest of the OGs of drifting in Japan. Uh, for example, he was in volume 56 of Option Video. That came out in 1998. So, you know, he's... He's been around for a long time. Uh, he's from the infamous drift team Heyman. He was a D1 competitor. He had a Formula D career of 13 years, and he's the current judge for Formula D USA and Japan. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Robbie Nishida. Konnichiwa. Yoroshikonoyashimasu. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Thanks for Robbie. coming in. Oh my gosh. Hey, so uh, I, I hear that Robbie has a problem with like derailing the conversation. So just to start this off, so you all know, we have a password. When I say toes, it's like, hey, Robbie, get back on track. Okay. Okay, you got it? Yeah. Got it. All right. Love got it. it. Love it. All right. Hey, so let's start. Um, well, first of all, we have Robbie in the studio, like in studio. Yeah. And tell us, where do you currently live? All right. So I flew in from Japan. Um, we do have an event uh, this weekend. So I'm here anyways. And, you know, Timing was right, so I was able to, you know, come by the studio. So thank you for having me. 
Thanks and, for uh, making the time. I know you're not here that long and trying to squeeze you in during the crazy Oh, you know weekend. what? I just want to sound like I'm busy. But oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so we no. could have done this like at a decent hour, but instead we're here at 10 at night doing this. <laughs> well, I mean, I currently live on the west end of Tokyo. Um, there's Yokota Air Force Base. That's where I grew up and uh, that's where I kind of stay in the area. You sound very and, white when you say Yakota. Yakota, yeah, because <laughs> like Dakota. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be Yokota. Yeah. But um, you know, that's just the white in me because I'm quarter white. Mm. But um yeah, Yokota That's not how you say that home though. No, I, I mean when I talk to my foreigner. It depends friends, who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. When okay. I speak to a Japanese person, I say Yokota Kichi, which okay. is Yokota Air Base. Okay. Yeah. So I'm there and uh I still live there and uh I commute to, you know, come and like you said, judge in the US. And all over in Japan and whatever events I go to. And I'm lucky enough to go to all over the world. Is that your full-time job? Um, it actually isn't because everybody thinks, you know, that we can make a career off of just judging. Mm. But it's really hard. Like, I know all the rest of the judges uh, that I've worked with previously in Europe and anywhere else, too. They have something on the side. Yeah. Either they have a full-time job where they're really easy for them to, you know, step away to yeah. go judging. I'm more of like a... I kind of do a little bit of everything that's car related. I do a lot of translation. Right. Uh, I do some stunt driving, um, you know, some like, shows. And, do you do stunt driving here or is it mainly in Japan? Well, it's all in Japan. Like, let's say if they have like commercial shoot or yeah. something where there's a production that's in the U.S. that's hired to be in Japan. I've done a couple in, in Japan because I think it's easier for a foreign driver in Japan talk to you can communicate American, with yeah, yeah. English speaking production people where they're like oh. oh make a left they don't need a translator to yeah. you know get in between so right. yeah nice and i know how to drive a little bit just a, a little, little bit no, just a little kinda. bit kind of you know, kind of maybe kinda. yeah well do you ever do you ever <laughs> have to do stunt driving in something really lame and you wish you like oh i mean it, the stunt driving part doesn't come so much i mean it's probably like once or maybe once every 2 years or something okay. it's not a whole lot not a whole lot yeah and uh, i think the U.S., you know, we're probably going to talk about this along the line, but a lot of the Japanese drivers don't get the chance to do that because I think the production side of Japan and the rules and the trend, they don't do so much stunt driving and they don't do so much in movies and, mm. and oh, all that stuff. So there's it's not, not all lot. over the no all over media like it nope. is here. Oh, interesting. All right, almost toes, guys. That was, that, was close, first, that was close. That was close to a close. Toes. That was close to toast. I, I stopped right. At <laughs> yeah. the, I was like thinking. I was like, because I'm on watch. Because <laughs> okay. this is the first question of the podcast. The right. real first question is: okay. Tell me when you fell in love with drifting. That's super easy. Oh, mm. so I was always a car guy. Um, in Japan, you could get your license when you're 18, and on the base, since I was you know privileged to be able to you know go to school on base, everybody gets their license when they're 16. I have an older brother that's turned 16. He got his car license. And before that, he would start to buy all these Japanese magazines. And back in the days, it wasn't just the the um, performance magazine. It was more like the Bosuzoka cars. Okay. You know, like Young Auto and, you know, all the Champ Road or whatever those magazines we are. We didn't and get any of those here. Yeah, he would get those. So we're talking, they're all like the big arrow, four-door slammed, yeah. you know, wide wheels, mm -hmm. the works cars. And he would buy those. I was 14. And I'm like looking through them because he's looking through them. And yeah. I'm like, I actually am interested in cars because of my brother. And he was into it. And when he first got his car when he was 16, it was like I would help him try to wash the car, or, you know, <laughs> do something to the car. Um, what year was this? This was, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to date you right now. Yeah, so this is uh, when I was 14. So this is like 30, 
31, 32 years ago. Um, mm. And, you know, he would give me a ride to the school. We would drive to the school and stuff what like that. What did he have? So he had a GX61 Mark II. Okay. So it's called yeah. the Eagle Mask. Yeah. It's old school. And he had that. And, you know, he goes through cars as well. But because my dad was kind of selling cars on the side too. And he was not a modifying car guy, but I guess he would do some Gymkhana things that they had on the base before he was into motorcycles and he would go. Your and, dad, not your yeah, brother. My, my dad, yeah. That's cool. So he liked cars, but it wasn't like, oh, let me modify it and do all this stuff or, right. or go to a race. Then I got into it because of that. And um, when I was 15, I started to, we had an auto mechanic class in the school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had my car there and we would like cut springs and weld exhaust and you know do all the how much get, did you ghetto cut? stuff how, mu- how oh, much it was always like <laughs> almost no springs so the car oh, would be on the ground more than half so like yeah, yeah, yeah. more than more ha- than see? Ha- oh see see it's can a, you it's not kind dethrone a... the queen over here <laughs> We're on, a early, They're such haters. on the very first oh episode God. that we recorded we talked about stupid things that we did to mm-hmm. our cars when when we were young you know like you don't have a lot of money and you kind of you want to fix up your car and you don't always know what to do and nadine's infamous because she cut half the spring. Just half. Just half. Just half. Well, I, I, I cut. I, I think we get, like, we would start at the top. Yeah. Because we would use, like, a acetylene torch yeah. at the shop. And we didn't even take it off the car. We yeah, just yeah, do yeah. it on the car. It's like, bang. Yeah, you, you know, just. And then, oh, you cut it with the torch. Yeah, you okay. just cut it That's with the boss. torch. Yeah, That's Because th- we used to cut cars up to junk them, too. Oh, okay. In the, in the auto mechanics class. Because we would try to raise money. And I'm going to get there. But, um. <laughs> You know, cut the springs and then we would do too much of it, but you're too late. So you do the fronts and the car sitting on the ground. Then you got even it out. Even it out. And, you know, we were like dragging oil pan and people sometimes hit things and yeah. I love know, damage it. their car. And, you know, it's like that. But um, then they used to do a Gymkhana on the base. Yeah. That, you know, I, I lived on. And the Gymkhana, they used to do it in the high school parking lot. So the Gymkhana happened once a month. And we were able to do it even when we didn't have a license because mm. it's not Confined, a road. Yeah. yeah right. So, and that's when I started to do it. And I didn't know what I was doing, you know. So you just go out there and have fun. And I was like, you know, wannabe mechanic. I didn't yeah. really know about cars. But you kind of started, you know, you start to pick up things. And you have the older guys where going to the whole Heyman thing. They're all high school buddies where I grew up with. And they were a year or two years older than me. Those guys were a little bit more serious into cars and okay. they knew what they were doing. So I would learn things from them and get into it. And, you know, once you turn 18, everybody's like wants a car and wants to go off base because you can't drive off the base. You're oh, only okay. on the base when you're 16. That's lame. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's still cool because you have your own car. You yeah. can take girls out for a ride. Mm. You know, just things like that that you yeah. can do that extension of when you're in high school. Right. So when we turned 18, everybody was already 18 because everybody was older than me. And, you know, it's like the, everybody goes to the infinite tuge, you know, the <laughs> when I That's read too American, much English yeah, translation. When I, when I read American magazines when I was younger, yeah. I saw tuge and I'm like, what's tuge? What do you, what's oh, tuge? Oh, okay. So you read it, you read the read English it, word and you, you didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I was like, what's tuge? And it was kind of like, Oh, like, oh, toge, you know? So everybody would go toge. <laughs> I met people that say that here. <laughs> so we don't... We Sounds didn't, dirty. We didn't um, drift at first because drifting wasn't even big then. Mm. So we would go to a nearby... There's a mountain called Tamako, and there's a Lake Tama, and there was like a little winding road where all the you know local guys would go to grip race. We'd go there. I'd go there when I was younger, and I'd be like, oh, man, I want to drive a car here one day. So when I got my license... 
um, or I was able to drive off base, I started to go there with my car and you just drive fast and it's probably a lot slower than how we expect it now. But I mean, back then it was like, oh my God, it was fast. Mm -hmm. But everybody don't realize like the good tires back then are probably worse than the crappy tires they have now because yeah. of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends that we met, also another Heyman guy, he's a Japanese guy. He um, was like, oh, hey, do you guys, have you guys ever seen drifting? Are you talking about Shinji? Yeah. Then we saw it on like, you know, video option or whatever. And it was like, I've seen it. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, there's Toge's. You should go and see it. So I went to one. And the first time I saw it, I saw the cars coming up sideways. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> and it was just like that. It was no, what is this? Yeah. It was like, just like, it was he instant. looked at it. And I was like, man, that's dope. Love, like, love I want to do sight. that. You yeah. saw your But future. so it wasn't seeing it in videos or in magazines that didn't do it for you like you didn't really care seeing I, it in person i think it was because it's how can i say it, it was i mean it was kind of unreal or it mm. wasn't so realistic yeah plus i didn't really have so much money so we didn't really have to buy that many mag like videos so it wasn't like i had a video at home and i kept watching oh, okay. it okay it was like i would go to somebody's house or something and they would pop it in and we're just kind of like oh shoot drifting yeah. you know yeah. and that's kind of it and what I was doing then was more realistic because I was, you know, trying to grip brace or do whatever. Mm. So that was that. Then I saw drifting. And when you see it live, that's why we always tell everybody to go watch it live than watching it on live stream. Yeah. It's totally different. It's different. It is totally different because it's just cool because you're there. The, the tire smoke, you know, and then the the bad tuning engines, stinky, you know, yeah. gas fumes, whatever it is. All the know? senses. Yeah, all yeah. the senses. It's like it, you just take it in if yeah. you're a car guy yeah, or car girl, you know. So I saw that, liked it, and I was like, first, you know, thing I wanted was, you know, I, I already had a real-wheel drive car. What so was I it? would try to do it. It was a Z10 Soar. Okay. So my first car was R30 Skyline, but I got rid of it after a year, but I couldn't drive that off base. Right. Because it was when I was 16. Then after that, I, I didn't have any money, and I didn't really have any lunch money or anything. So when I was in high school, the second, my senior year, I had a van. So I would give everybody a ride to lunch, then everybody chips in, and I'll eat. You know? Yeah. So it was kind of like my hustle car. Oh. <laughs> you know, and um, then when I got out, you know, got a job, whatever, at Burger King, um, got, you know, my first car, and I bought it from the guy, Charlie, who's a hayman guy. Yeah. And, you know, I just took that around it. I didn't take anything seriously because I was more of the goofball out of everybody. Like, I always messed around. Yeah. And, like, I won't go driving for a while and all of a sudden I'll pop up. I'd rather go, like, drinking or do something. So I was more of, like, you know, outgoing. But the Heyman guys were, like, really, they were really strictly into cars. Really so they were, cars. like, super car guys. Mm -hmm. And that's how they got me into Corollas, too. They were, like, everybody started driving them. They all had Corollas. Yeah. Why was that? So... Wait, I think we're, we're we're reaching toes here. Exactly. You know what? Uh -oh. Yeah. So I'm I like drifting because I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I fell in love because I physically saw it. Yeah. And it was and you like, knew you wanted this to is do what it. I have to do. Okay. Okay. Um, we we were talking about uh, Nadine's cut springs earlier and how we we all kind of did something stupid. Uh, do you have any stories like that? I mean, you have to. I have a lot. Like we have. What is the dumbest thing you did to your car early on to fix it up? Um, well, we believed in things where we're like, for like, for instance, for 4AG, yeah. long time ago, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I think two exhaust cams, or I forgot it was two intake cams. <laughs> I heard that recently. 
was be- or two exhaust cams because yes. they have the gear gear on it for the distributor. Yeah, they're like, oh, two exhaust ge- cams are better than the stock. Yeah, so we're all like going through four ages, taking the other cams out, <laughs> swapping it out. But basically, it's the same. Yeah, you so know? you had a pile of intake cams, or you know, we we swapped them out, like just dumb. Oh, theories. just to try it. Um, the TVIS on a four AG, mm-hmm. like somebody was like, oh yeah, it's better if you don't have it. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, but. You know, actually, you're detuning the car because right. it was built with that. And right. It's supposed to be better. But, right. I mean, just stuff like that. Mm. I'm, I've done a lot of dumb things that are like not to the car, but, you know, related to cars. But, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you guys were experimenting. That's not so bad. Yeah. And I, I think it's different from now because we had so little to experiment. Yeah. Like, it's not like you could swap out coilovers and, you know, swap out turbos or whatever yeah. or, or tune it. We all went carburetors because nobody tuned and we knew it cost a lot of money. Yeah. And carburetors are easy as you can just tune it yourself. Jets. Yeah. Mm. It was yeah, easy. Nice. So you so your inspiration was your brother or was it Heyman? Uh drifting wise, probably the Heyman guys because I knew about drifting and I started it, but they kind of made it fun where I kept going. Mm. Where it's really hard to do it when you're by yourself. Yeah. And I'm the type of guy who's like, uh, like this morning I went for a hike um, up at. In front of the Hollywood sign? Close to that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So I went there and I'm not a big uh, athletic guy, but then, you know, some of the judges are like, hey, Robbie, let's go. So I'm more of like, okay, I'll go. And I'm not the guy who's going to be like, yeah, let's go walking. <laughs> so when we went driving too, at first, I was yeah. like. I don't want to go. It's yeah. kind of a pain in the butt. And they're like, oh, no, let's go. Like, I remember I lived in this beat up apartment right by the base. And I would, you know, it's like 1030 or 11. And I'm like sitting there like, oh, it's like I'm about to go to sleep. And I hear a hot joker pull up. Yep. And, you know, you can tell whose car. Yeah. You hear a car like, boom. And then you're like, oh, smack. Somebody's here. And then you're like, dun, 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 dun. And yeah. Open the door. And they're like, you got gas? You have tires? Let's go. Yeah. And it's like, then you go tow game. Right. It's like, okay. So sometimes I'll be in my, not PJs, but I'll be in my like sleeping clothes and I would jump in the car and go <laughs> drive. Wouldn't even change. And come home and just go right to bed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's maybe, yeah, some of the, like the Heyman guys are probably, um, they helped me stay, you know, in, 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 or they kept me in line. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was more of the trouble even at the house, but I think the car kind of kept me in mm, the right Kept you lane. out of trouble. Yeah, because I could have been doing other things, but yeah. then I think the car kind of distracted me. Yeah. And yeah, it was a good thing. Or before we move on, I think there's a lot of people out there that they may have heard the name Heyman, but yeah. they don't know anything yeah. about yeah. it. So we need to... Yeah, can you tell us the origins of Heyman? Did, did, were, you, were you guys all friends and you started Heyman together or did it, ha- did it exist before you and then you joined? Like how did all that... Yeah, so... The whole Heyman thing, it's not really a team, but it became a team Heyman because we had to go to the uh, Ikaten, which is... The, so you made the team to do Ikaten? Well, it, everybody had stickers Yeah, that said Heyman on it. And beginning, Just to mess around. Yeah, there was a military guy uh, named Scott Smith. Um, he wasn't really a drift guy, but him, Charlie Tyson, Maurice Bennis, uh, Ben Alden were all from the base. Yeah. And they had, uh, they're either civilians um, from the base. And Scott, you know, we're all guys that hung out. And Scott would see us all the time or we'd see each other all the time. And, you know, you walk up 
and we didn't do any fancy handshake, you know, this and that. We'll just walk up and it's like, oh, hey, man, hey, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that was it. That's yeah. how we started our conversation. And then he thought it was funny to make a sticker that yeah. just says, hey, man, because we say it so much. <laughs> yeah. And then they just put it on their cars. And now you have a bunch of hot jokers that has the hey, man sticker on it. And um, the other guy, Shinji, Shinji Minoa, he's, mm. you know, still a competitor. He retired for his son to drive now. His son drives in the Formula Japan, but he was like our gateway to Japan. Okay. Because he worked on the base as a mechanic. Oh, at, interesting. At the uh, car care center there. Mm-hmm. And I eventually worked there later as a manager. But before that, he worked there. And I didn't even know Shinji, but Scott knew him. And somehow they met and then you know, Charlie and Maurice and Ben all met and they all kind of became acquaintances, Okay, you know, um, at first. And then it was kind of like he was like, oh, you want to go drifting? Like, I can take you or whatever. And we would teach him English and it became like a good friendship where okay. we all hung out all the time. And every time we went to Toge, if it's not a local one, Shinji would bring us to a different one. Okay. And um when i was younger when i was 18 and when i first rode in a car that actually drifted at a toge was his passenger seat nice and we went i forgot where we went but then we went and he flipped the car so i got on the passenger side door that's and i'm night. like sitting here the same that first that night first night and he's like oh, are you okay and i'm like yeah and i just thought like damn this is so cool like, i mean You're like oh this you happens know, we didn't all the time yeah and we got lucky yeah but i was like this is super exciting and I think that's what kinda... he didn't think like i could have just died no like when you're that young you're when you're dumb, yeah you know? and when you're that age like to live through something like that is like like it's so out of the ordinary and it's yeah. just exciting right yeah, yeah yeah so you know then back to the whole hey man thing it was just kind of like everybody just called it Team Hey Man because there was a lot of teams, yeah, um, you know, popping up everywhere. Yep. And, and when we got the opportunity to be on the Ikaten thing, it was kind of like, well, your guys are Team Hey Man, right? I was like, well, I guess so. It's like, yeah. I guess it's a team. But <laughs> well, you it was, can't do Ikaten if you don't have a team. Yeah, there's five guys too. Yeah. So it was funny because some people would come up to us and be like, I want to join your team. Yeah. But we're like, oh, we're just friends hanging out. Yeah. So it's not really a team. Yeah. yeah burn. So it's not something like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's okay. Like, let's say if you started hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just hanging out. We're just good friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. but not like, I want to be a team member. Yeah. You know, how do, <laughs> because there were like long time ago, there used to be teams that you have to pay fees. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I was yeah. always curious about that. Like how, because you, you see a lot of, um, I'm, I mean, in the U.S., a lot of team drifting has been popular lately. Mm-hmm. And um, I I never understood, like, the differences in the culture in Japan versus U.S. in terms of teams. Like, do, like, do they always start as friends first and decide to form a team because they're, like, really tight? Or, like, was it kind of like, uh, like I want to join this team because they're really good? And then, you know, like, like how, yeah, how is it in I Japan? Think, I think it usually starts as friends. Or maybe back then. I'm not sure about now. Mm. But um, they would have like a, some of the bigger teams have people don't even know this guy's in the team. And this is back in the days. Yeah. And I heard stories about everybody has to pay like 50 bucks a Name month. Name the or team. So it could be really Name serious. the team. What teams do you remember? That uh, that? Well, the team that was there before Running Free, uh-huh. like um, 
I heard that they had to pay the fees. And the guy that was in that team didn't want to be there anymore. So he started his own team. Uh-huh. And that was the running free where they have Hiroshi Takahashi, the running free 86 guy. I'm trying to remember the, 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 the leader. Uh, he had the pink MR2. Uh, he became a test driver Murai? or something for Tom's. Huh? Um, Murai? Murai. Murai. Yeah, yeah. Murai. Uh, Murao Shingo. Murao. Murao, yeah. Murao. yeah. So right, he's yeah. the one that started running free, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I think so. Is that why they call it free? No, I think they were <laughs> running talking. Running free away from the, the other <laughs> the drift fees? team. I, I heard. Oh, free. kind <laughs> of free. I heard it was like the name of a song or I, I don't oh, know. Something okay. like that. You know? Okay. But then you know how the Japanese culture, like, it's just like you see the whole Jap English where they would see English words and then and sometimes they're just like, oh, this is it. And yeah. sometimes they'll just put it on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of the teams, like when you see and hear from old school Japan, yeah. you'll be like, what? You know? Yeah, and why are they saying like that? that? We're like, it's like, what does he mean by yeah. this? But that's just the way it is. You know, it's just like probably any Asian culture where you, you always uh, hear, um, Orido and Keiichi on video saying the phrase, come on. What is that? What? You, uh, you've heard that, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, they say it so of, much like it's a popular thing to say, but people don't say that. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe it's maybe it's just like, you know, I don't know. Not come on, like, come on. Yeah. Not like that, come on. But it's like, you know, like getting hyped up. Like, come uh, on. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What uh, what episode? I think it was episode one where Slide Squad talked about the video of the the guy driving with his feet. Was it Hiroshi or was it Shinji? Oh, that's that's Hiroshi. Yeah, that's Hiroshi. Kaijo. Yeah. yeah, so he's one of the running free guys. Yeah. So yeah. if you guys listen to episode one, yeah. season one, there's a funny story about about that. Okay. Fencing. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Anything. I mean, one of these days, I'll. I'll try to get him on the podcast because he's that so guy's funny. amazing. I, I talked to him. He 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 agreed to come on, but he's just so busy, hard to get a hold of. Uh, I, I'm sure his his DMs are always crazy. He's probably but, eating uh, on his DMs too. But he's always eating rice. I, I heard that he learned his English from you guys. <laughs> yes. Because his English it. is so hilarious. Yep. I mean, that's why that we speak. I mean, we're on, you know, podcasts yeah. and I know... We shouldn't be talking like how we do when we're normally talking because it's just kind of too much where it's going <laughs> to yeah. just bleep, bleep everything yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly, same as Shinji. He speaks English. Um, you can probably talk to him and have a normal conversation too. Is he as good uh, as good as Kaicho? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, um, he le- he uses less cuss words though. Yeah. But like Kaicho is like... Um, Shinji kind of learned it because he was with us all the time. Then yeah. Kaicho one day was kind of like, yo, man... I want to learn English. So Maurice, uh, back then, he wanted to build a supercharger. And back then, he had a, a Kaicho had a supercharged Hachiroku. And yeah. he did all the wiring by himself. But back then, he was like, oh, you know, I want a supercharger too. He's like, okay, I'll, why don't I help you? So he would come to the base every day for like two months okay. after work. Yeah. Right after work, he would come to the base and, you know, we would talk and he would work on the car together. So he wanted to communicate so he could learn English. Mm. Then he had this little notebook and it was always, we always talk about it. He's always like, Oh, I would like to down, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, like it's how, like, like how? Because we're, we'll, we'll be like, yo, 
man, what up with that? Or, yeah. or something, right? Yeah. He's like, well, what's that? <laughs> write it down. Because we didn't want to teach him. And I think this is a good way to learn another language too. Yeah. And maybe it's hard now because you got Google. But we wanted him to, or he, he came up with that idea. And we're like, oh, this is a good way. He wrote it down and he would go home and look it up on the, in the oh, dictionary. Yeah. So he would remember that time. Like, let's say this is what, I, I, I use the S word right now. Yeah. I don't know what the S word is. Yeah. But I remember that the time situation. happened. The situation. Yeah. I would go home, check it. Oh, that's what it meant. Oh. So it's more impactful if you yeah. looked it up yourself instead of saying, hey, Robbie, what is this? Yeah. Oh, this is this. Right, right. It's so easy that you won't even remember it. I love right. it. And he did that. And, you know, obviously he picked up a lot of the older and newer, you know, Slang curse words, or, yeah. slangs and whatever. And yeah, and that's what's how the, kinda... what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite phrase you taught him? Dave, so Slide Squad Dave was on episode one talking about Kaicho, and he 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 used this as an example. But I don't know if he was being literal or not. But he would say that Kaicho would say something like "Oh, oh spaghettios," and he thought that was hilarious for a Japanese guy <laughs> yeah. to say something like that. So, so I think the other guy Ben was like he. It wasn't like he was joking. He was teaching him, but he would teach him like the weird, yeah. even the the words Americans don't use, yeah. like or something old school or something. So he would do that, and yeah. he would just pick everything up yeah. because that guy's a really smart guy. Mm. So I think he spoke, he learned English in like two months, mm. like, and he was able to have a conversation. I mean, minus yeah. not being proper, but right. he was able to have a conversation awesome. with other people in two months because he he would go, he would commute in the train with his headphones and just listen to English tapes, yeah, yeah. write everything down and come to the base and we would have a good time, you know, working on the car or whatever. And yeah. Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> He'll be on here one day. Yeah. I know. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. He okay, will. good. Thank okay, you. good. We have it on, on uh, wax right now. Yeah. So we got get you to follow through. All right. Toes. I want to know, <laughs> You're probably friends with a lot of really cool people in Japan that are drifting. Mm -hmm. And um, one I think I know you're friends with is Kumakubo, who's mm -hmm. um, like one of my favorite drivers. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so tell me what he's like, how you met him. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we're, and this is something I wanted to touch. I'm, I'm on the way there, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. But I think drifting wasn't as easy as now mm -hmm. where it wasn't accepted so much so the only places you could go to were very limited in japan mm -hmm. so when we went to ebisu which is three and a half hours can you say that like a japanese person ebisu okay yeah so when i go to ebisu from where i live <laughs> it's about three and a half hours maybe or somewhere around there maybe three and a half to four hours to get there on the expressway mm -hmm. now when we're younger and we wanted to drive a lot, we have no money. So going up and back, it's like a hundred bucks easy just on tolls. Wow. Yeah. So um, we can't afford that. And if we did that four times a month, that's 400 bucks. Mm. And there's no way in hell I was making like 676 an hour or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not counting all the other things like gas oh, yeah, and exactly. tires and broken so stuff. So we did everything super ghetto, went dumpster diving, looking for tires all the time. And that's kind of the reason why we drove Corollas, because pretty much back then they were like free mm. or like 300 bucks. Like yeah. There was no, I all of us didn't have any Corollas that were, or A86s that were over a thousand bucks. And that's because, you know, it was around 
and that's why we drove them. So, and they're, you know, also they're fun cars. So we would commute to Ebisu. We would probably go maybe like twice a month or three times a month. And it'll take like six, six and a half hours. And we'll be hauling ass on the normal roads at night. And we would like run all the lights and don't, you know, do this now. And we were young and stupid. But in order to get there, we had to go through all that. And they used to have a little coin shower place where we would take a, it's like a hundred yen and it takes like three minutes and yeah. you can take a shower there. Yeah. We would shower, then drive home. And it like, you know, it took a lot just to get to the track. Now on top of that, we would have had to pay for the entry fee mm. and that's usually around a hundred bucks or so. And I think we used to do that at first and through like Kaicho and other people, they're like, Oh yeah, there's these weird foreigners from Yokota. Like they're all into hot jokus and blah, blah. <laughs> and we started to meet people every time we go to the track and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys are interesting, you know. So we would have like conversations and nobody speaks Japanese except yeah. me and Jinji. Yeah. And I'd always translate and maybe that's why I'm good at translating because I've been doing that since I was younger. So we go to Ebisu and, you know, there's a lot of guys back in the days that had their own track day events and everything at Ebisu. And we're talking like every track day event, there's like 80 to 100, 100 cars. Because it was like prime for drifting. Mm. And we'd be one of those guys. And all these like old OG guys would see us and they're like, oh man, these guys are poor. <laughs> so they would sometimes be like, you know what? Half, half oh, nice. off the school, you know, for you guys. Yeah. Or it'd be like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We already made enough for everybody to drive. So we right. don't need money. Wow. So they would really hook us up. Wow. And Kumakubo was one of the guys, you know, obviously running the uh, circuit. So mm. we would run into him. You know, so these were days like these were track days where you go to like they were instructing or was it just track? Oh no, time? it was just track days okay. where everybody just went to have fun. Okay. And it, I remember every time after Ebisu, and they're all older guys than us. We go to there's this drive-in where everybody ate lunch or dinner on the way home because then everybody would start leaving. But it was all these guys that would come, um, you know, like let's say Kumakubo, like uh, Izumida, mm. which is still around Hakaio. Um, yeah. You know, like Hiraoka. Like just all the OG guys, yeah. And this this is pre D one, so yep. it wasn't like they were professionals. They were just really good at what they did, and they would make magazines or whatever. And that's how I met uh, Kamakabo, and he was really cool with us all the time. And getting into some of what you know we were talking about earlier, or I'm sorry, we might talk to talk about later about why I'm here in the U.S. too. It he made a big impact in it because he was the one who was kind of like I saw him at. AutoSloan the year before mm-hmm. I went or when, when they were doing demos. This is back in the days when they were starting to do demos. Yeah, like the big X stuff. Yeah, and I would go to AutoSloan and just say what's up to everybody and then leave. Yeah. And I saw him and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, Robbie, he's like, why don't you go to the States and drive? Because you speak English. And I'm oh. like, oh, I was like, I can't do that. It's like, that's no way. I could barely have a car here. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, well, use our demo car somehow. And I'm like, well, that's not. Uh, you know, thank you, but that's not going to help. And he's like, oh, you know, so Nick from Falcon happened to be in Tokyo Auto Sloan. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'll introduce you to Nick. Maybe he could help you out. <laughs> so nice. he introduced me and Nick was kind of like, who the hell is this guy? He speaks perfect English. Yeah. And Kamakubo was telling him, he's like, oh, yeah, Robbie's a good guy, you know, good driver. You know, if he's in the States, like kind of take care of him. Because I guess... Back then, Kamakubo was with Yokohama, mm-hmm. and Nick wanted him to be on Falcons, but yeah. he's like, oh, I can't. Yeah. So he was like, oh, yeah, maybe use Robbie or something. Yeah. So Nick was like, oh, okay, cool. If you ever come, you know, hit me up. 
And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Well, now I have car and I have tires. Mm. I just have to find a way to get there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I sold my motorcycle that I had or whatever just to make the money for a plane ticket. Then back then I was able to check in SR tranny, yeah. <laughs> tools, everything on the plane, yep. no charge. Yep. This is back in the days. Yep. And we had no cell phones. There was no internet. Right. Or I think there was internet, but there wasn't any phone. No, yeah, no. no smartphones. Yeah. So you had to just figure it all out. But um, yeah, he gave me the opportunity to do that. Um, and he was kind of like, you know, Nick was kind of like, well, he knew that Kumakubo wasn't just going to introduce any old dude. Yeah. That's why he kind of trusted it. Yeah. So it was, it all kind of worked out. And the first event I've been to in the States, um, the car didn't, it, it had like, I think the cam angle sensor or something was bad. So I didn't really get to drive. But after that, everything kind of took off. For me so that car was the, the K truck. It was a K truck. Yeah. The orange, yeah. The team orange K truck. Which was previously um, Hiraoka's car. Yes, yes. That and blue the blue one, yeah. So that it, car had a lot of history. I think Hiroka built it while he was working at K Style. Then after that he yeah. actually quits K Style. So um yeah, that car's been all over the place doing all kinds of demos. Yeah. And I was lucky because the last year before I drove that car, I started to drive a S fourteen. Um and before that I drove Hachokus the whole time. So That was the first S thirteen you drove? Uh yeah. Oh, wow. And the S14 I drove um, for myself. Yeah. But I think if I didn't drive an S14 the year before, I think I probably wouldn't do good in the... Because, you know, it's kind of a big change from just driving Corollas to, yeah. you know, a turbo What were your car. thoughts? Nadine Nadine rode in that car. Oh, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. when uh, yeah. Team when Orange came demos. and they did demos. Nice. And she got to sit with... Kumakubo was so nice. He made the time for us in his busy schedule. And he got Nadine in there. And I, I sat with um, Asamoto. Okay. So we were doing tandem. It was such a, an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, back then, and it's so, like, I think a lot of the viewers might not get this, but it's kind of normal now because, like, let's say FD is 20-year anniversary, right? Yeah. But 20 years ago, I mean, watching the tandem and the techniques, yeah, it's like they were good, but... It's so different from how it was now. Yeah. But it's not like they sucked. They were the they best were then. They were the best. Yeah. They were best of the best then. They were the best tandem drivers in the world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They were on each other's doors the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And even then. And laughing and having a good yeah. time. It felt very grassroots, even though they were pro, pro yeah. level. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of, it, after all this money and stuff got involved in drifting. It still took a couple of years for people to kind of mimic that here, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and mm-hmm. kind of uh, redo it here. So I mean, I, they were already doing something at a higher level, yeah. But yeah, it was a it was kind of cool to drive that car because it was like, I mean, it was a GTSS turbo. I mean, that thing made probably like a little over three hundred horsepower or something. Yeah, it didn't make that much. Yeah, but that's kind of how the cars used to be anyway. It was just a yeah. demo car, right? Yep. And and yeah. yeah, you're right. It was one of the original drift cars. From the the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Mid to late nineties and like three hundred horsepower was a lot. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Lot USA. Lot USA has been the master distributor of Brid Racing Seeds for the past 18 years. Celebrating their 42 years in operation, Brid manufactures high-quality performance products for circuit drag, GT, and drift. Nadine and I have always run Brid Seats in our cars, and even today, Brid Seats are the latest mod in our new drift car. Our favorite seats are the FIA-approved Zeta 4 and the reclinable bucket seat, the Stradia 3. One of the latest releases from Brid is the Zeta 4 Vireo, which is a size small version of the Zeta 4 for petite drivers. Visit lot-usa.com for more info and follow them on IG at lot underscore USA. This episode is brought to you by Bartaby. Bartaby is a car builder and tuner in the Central Texas, Austin area. In addition to other Nissans like the 350Z, they specialize in GTRs R32 through 35 and has over 10 years experience. In terms of tuning, they work with most standalone ECUs like Motec, Mtron, Link, Haltec, and AEM to name a few. Bartaby has tuned some of our friends' infamous cars, including JSpec Sam's blue R32 GT. When we get our GTR, we know where we're sending it to get tuned, Bartaby. For more info, visit Bartaby.com and be sure to check out their dyno tuning videos on IG at Bartaby. We had a little crossover moment here when you're talking about the K-Truck. I didn't remember this until like we were researching and getting ready for the podcast. But um, yeah, you did drive the K-Truck in the USA. And um and Kumakubo, he he brought it over for D1 before it was an official round. Mm-hmm. It was like not serious. So he just brought the K-Truck doing demos, competing in it. Um, and uh, they were having problems with their sponsor where they're storing the cars. Mm-hmm. They're having a lot of problems with the sponsor. And, um, and they're trying to figure out like, what do we do? Like, we need to get out of this deal with them because it's just really bad. And um, so we have another, we have a friend in common uh kenta oh yeah 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 yeah. kenta was doing a lot with with uh kumakubo yes yes he was and he was with them. he was helping them with a lot of stuff uh here in the u.s because this is where he lived and he, he he spoke japanese he spoke english um kenta is an old friend of mine kenta ogawara yeah yeah and um and i was like i work at overboost.com <laughs> we have a garage here overboost.com doesn't know anything about drifting but like i i think i can help them mm-hmm. So uh, I helped I helped make that that um, sponsorship work. So all the all that we went grabbed all the Team Orange cars, put them at Overboost, um, stored them there. The the guys could come and work on it as long as we just put a big Overboost sticker on the side. Mm-hmm. So I like I remember seeing pictures of you yeah with the big Overboost stickers on the yeah, side. Yeah. So that was crazy because when I first the only thing I got was the car is here you know get a hold of them and that was pretty much it mm-hmm. nice. so it was kind of like i didn't live here so yeah. i mean i spoke 
English. It was it helped out a lot. But I remember I had to. I mean, I street. I drove that thing down the street. Yeah, you know, and this is and two blocks know, from you, the studio. It's two blocks away from. Oh, here. really? Yeah. 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 that's crazy that's crazy these streets have seen cars yeah okay yeah because it was like i didn't think like in japan it's like i mean i'm pretty sure some people do it but for me i was kind of like wow it's like that's not is it gonna be okay and they're just kind of like yeah back then yeah yeah back then yeah so um yeah it's like that was where i had to get a hold of with overboost and that actually carried on to my first fd event because when i first drove the k truck at a d1 event it didn't work mm. so i didn't really get to drive it much i mean i drove it but couldn't keep it drifting or whatever and that was it and it was like oh and i thought i had a great time um you know it was like oh cool i i had a good time i went to the states you know drove at irwindale i saw that on you know video option or whatever so that's pretty cool and that was it mm. i didn't think anything of it but after i got back i think they called me or emailed me and they're like, Robbie, and I'm I'm not going to say I'm, I think I'm very talkative. So it's kind of easier for me to like get into or make friends easily, I guess. And, you know, we had a good, you know, thing over there. So they were like, hey, Robbie, we never got to see you drive. Who's they? And, uh, the guys at Overboost. Okay. So they're like, I never got to see you drive. We would like to see you drive. Have you ever heard of this thing called Formula Drift? Mm. And I was kind of like, No. Because I didn't, and then you know, still knew it was like second year, and they're like, "Well, it's going to be in Jersey, so if you're interested, maybe you can drive there." And I was like, "Yeah, there's no way I could get the car shipped. Yeah, like I have no, I, I barely have any money." Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, how about we will make an article, so we will use that as an excuse to ship the car over, mm-hmm. and then you can fly over there and drive it. So that'll be your chance." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like another plane ticket!" And back then, it wasn't. <laughs> 800 bucks it was like 1500 bucks yeah and maybe it is right now too but and for a guy that made 1500 bucks or less a month yeah it was like oh my god you know it was like so expensive and i i I had um my son was born too Mm. so it was kind of like you know we're not you know financially but it was one of those hey it's like i kind of want to go and my wife was kind of like hey you know what it's like you live once it's like try it out yeah that's That's love that's love right there yeah she's dumb (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. no she's dumb yeah, in love yeah. Yeah. so so i i got a plane ticket and once again i brought all these parts over and this time i was like oh sr chinese sell for a lot in the states and in japan they were like 100 bucks yeah so i was like you know what? i'm gonna bring it over i'm gonna sell it here while it's here yeah nice. make some money back yeah. so i went and some of my Heyman guys that already had left japan were on the east coast okay so he came charlie came out and he kind of helped me out there That's awesome and i hit up you know falcon and i was like hey i'm gonna be an fd and they're like well you didn't really use the tires they're on the car so we'll help you out yeah so back then um like a lot of air pressure didn't wasn't big either so when i got to the event you know i tried to drive it once i'm like oh it's gripping too much so i was like hey i want to put like you know 70 80 psi in the back tires Mm -hmm. and back then they were like no 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 you can't do that and I was like, but I, I want to. And so they're like, okay, here's a hose. Go on the other side of the trailer and yeah, you do it yourself. We're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, you do so it. I was like, okay. So yeah. I did it. And I ended up qualifying fourth and then nice. I came in fourth. And um, then everybody was kind of like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. He speaks English, but he's from Japan and he just came and drove well. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, see you guys later. 
So I left. And I got home, and everybody's like, yeah, good job, good job. And it was cool. And I was like, oh, that was great. And I never thought of anything further. Yeah. How interesting. Then people started hitting me up. They're like, oh, you know, we have a car. Yeah. Can you drive? But we're on Yokohamas. And I'm like, uh, no, Falcon gave me my first big break. So yeah. I'm not driving anything but Falcon. And somebody else would have a car. And it's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. And I kept saying no. Mm. And that was it. Because that was not what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I did it because I had an opportunity. Mm. And I just did it. And the following year, or and then the end of the year, I did another D1 event. And that was with Falcon because they were talking about giving me a full ride the next year. But it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But they were like, oh, we have a car if you want to drive it. And I was like, well, once again, it's like, you guys act like money grows on trees. I can't do that. Yeah. So they were like, oh, okay, come up with a way. And then they talked to Overboost. And Overboost was like, okay, Robbie, we'll pay for you to come out. And then Falcon had the car there. And that was kind of it. And I did okay then. And that was it again. It wasn't a promising thing. Next year comes around. And I'm just working at my shop. I get a phone call from uh, Eddie Kim from... Uh, mm. Peak. Yeah. Uh, dynamic. Yeah, Dynamic Autosport. Mm. And he's like, Robbie, oh, I need a driver. Because his driver left last minute. Yeah. And I guess it was Henry Chung mm-hmm. and Eddie... And it was Ross Petty or Robbie. So I don't know how they made the decision. Yeah. But they both needed a driver. And it ended up me driving Eddie's car and uh, Ross driving um, Henry's car. Yeah. And he hit me up. He's like, oh, we're on Falcons, you know, so if you want. Perfect. And I'm like, what's the deal? Like, there's no way I could pay for all this stuff. He's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll fly you out and you have a ride. You just have to help work on the car and stuff. Yeah. And then obviously there's no payments. You don't get paid or anything. Right. And I'm just kind of like, okay, all right, let me talk about it. Or let me think about it. I got home. I was like, hey, it's like I got this offer. And she's like, hey, you know what? You should take it. Yeah. Oh. I was like, okay, cool. So that's kind of how I started to get into FD. Nice. And that was like where everything kind of started. Your wife is so nice. Yeah. 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 She yeah. loves you a lot. She does. Yeah. Like, or maybe she just want, didn't want you home as much. <laughs> seriously no but i think she's a little crazy though because like some people won't do that but i think you know it's like yeah yeah, she she does a lot and yeah i mean think about we just had a baby yeah um i missed a lot of stuff that you know and and that's i think the biggest regret i have from doing this and being busy with the car and traveling is like you can't be you know, you can't see your child grow. Mm. And there's a lot of times, like, we have a lot of pictures where it's like, my brother helped. Yeah. You know, he was always hanging out with them. And every picture I see, it's like, oh, where's daddy? Yeah. Oh, where's that? It became a joke kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's like, this doesn't, this didn't really make a career until like later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like you really made any money. It was like, right. you go home, then you got to work. Yeah. Right. You know, work double to make it up. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's it's i'm passionate i was passionate about it and just going back to the whole uh and i i I might say this a lot to some people but when i retired driving i was just gonna quit Mm -hmm. but my wife again she was like like quit everything everything car stuff oh wow and then she was like well that's kind of slap in the face like because i've been doing car stuff for 14 years yeah and sacrificed a lot of stuff She's like, you need to pursue this. Yeah, mm. fight. Like, what did you do that all for? Yeah, because yeah. then yeah. she's like, 
She's like, well, that's kind of messed up. She's like, yeah. you you do this for 14 years and all yeah. of a sudden you're going to get a normal job. Yeah. It's like, you got a normal job. You could have done that 14 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I was like, okay. So, you know, and then that's probably why I'm still doing all this, you know? Yeah. Are you are you still like looking for a future where it can kind of sustain your life? I mean, it is. I mean, it'll be nice. Yeah. But I'm super non-competitive mm. and maybe that's why it's hard for me to do like a business or anything mm. and i'm really bad at negotiating where it's like you need you need to hire uh, this one yeah <laughs> i'm but, sure your wife is the same no uh, she is yeah. but she's not in this world so yeah it's yeah, different. yeah but like it's really hard to you know kind of put yourself in front. i know and i cannot tell somebody like i can't tell you yeah, I'm going to win the championship. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be like, I'll do my best. Right. And some people stick with me because they like the honesty. Yeah. But I'm not cocky at all in yeah. that portion. And I think you kind of need that a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I agree. I think that was the biggest reason why I didn't do well in Formula D because I wasn't, um, I, I didn't have that. I always thought I was competitive, but at that level, you need a different type of competitiveness. Yeah. And it's nothing bad about, being selfish or you know greedy yeah it's, it isn't it's just that when you're an athlete and you're competitive if you're not confident mm. and competitive it's really hard to beat the other guy yeah. who is you yeah know? yep you have to believe that you're going to be the champion yeah exactly you know, all so, costs and so that's not where i started i didn't join yeah. the competition because i wanted to compete right i joined the competition because i had an opportunity mm -hmm. and i felt that there's a lot of people that would have wanted it, mm -hmm. but they didn't get the chance. And right. if yeah. I didn't take it, yeah. it's kind of a waste. And it's kind of, I don't know, like people would be like, why didn't you take it? Yeah. And I didn't want to be that guy who threw it away. Yeah. That's why I was like, all right, I'll do it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. I mean, that's, I think that's how kind of Benson and I feel. I mean, I can't speak for him, but like, that's how I felt mm -hmm. is any, any opportunity that came up, it was like, I'm busy and I have a kid mm -hmm. and I don't know if I should be doing this. I, I think I should just stay with the grain cause it's safer. And then, but it's like, will I ever get the opportunity again? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So those are our, some of our most treasured memories. The, the fact that we yeah. took the leap of faith and did something out of the ordinary. And now, now that we can say we did it, like, those are some of the fa our favorite things that we like to remember. Yeah, I feel like it, and... for, uh, for me, it molded me. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be the person I am today or as successful as I am if it wasn't for drifting, so. Well, I, I just know one thing, like, you know, like both of you guys too, same same as everybody else probably watching this thing. It's like the car community is so strong. Yeah. And I have friends all over the world because of drifting. Yeah. Yes. Where I would have never met yeah. mm -hmm. if I was yep. just doing normal Amen. stuff. Amen. Right? Amen. Not all of it's good all the time mm -hmm. but it is something that normal people can't do yeah and i really appreciate that and like that's pretty much almost the only part of drifting that i think <laughs> that was a good because everything else is just you know competition and stuff it's like mm -hmm. man late nights yeah debt you know yeah. so much you yeah. know pressure from your sponsors yeah, pressure mm. and when you don't do good it's like you, you feel depressed it's yes. like yeah. yes it's emotional and yeah. the, 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 the flights and oh my God, like it's, and nobody, I, I know, I tell a lot of the younger guys, it's like, yo, it's not a joke. You have to take it all the way mm. or don't even do it. Yeah. yeah. And some people don't realize that. And some people aren't the kinds that would be like, okay, I understand what you're saying. I won't. 
they have to try it. And I think, you know, I think to a point they should try it. And I think to a point, at one point, you should have a goal where it's like, if I'm not doing this by then,、mm, yeah. I need to do this.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't have that.、Yeah. I was like, a, you're kind of just going with the flow. Yeah, I was just going with the flow. And、mm-hmm. I, would, I really wish、um, I had a goal where it was like, okay, three years from now, if I'm、yeah. not on the podium, I should do this or、yeah. change something or whatever, you know? So、yeah. it's, it's something that I think a lot of successful people always have a goal. Yeah. And now that I'm freaking 45 years old, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think you would have known. I think you did, you did all the right things. And you had such a good support system, too. Like, yeah. You know, and you shouldn't have any regrets. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it doesn't, like, even if I regret the time not coming back. So you just got to look forward and be like, oh, what's next? And、yeah. what's going to be good for you? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And guys, for reference, for those of you listening,、uh, we did have Nick Fusicki's on the podcast, and it was season one, episode three. So、Ooh. if you guys want to go back and listen to、um, Nick from Falcon, he's kind of one of those behind the scenes guys. Yep. Yep. And、um, he has some great stories too.、Yeah. He's like、Car、responsible、guy. at Falcon for bringing drifting、mm-hmm. over. So. So, after your stint with、uh, Dynamics,、mm-hmm. uh, you started driving with, with Daigo with、mm-hmm. Bridges Racing.、Mm-hmm. Daigo,、right? who? Daigo, Daigo Saito. <laughs> Saito. <laughs> <laughs> so, once again, like, I'm always like, I, I swear, I, I'm probably one of the luckiest guys in the world because when I stopped driving and I you know, didn't want to drive、uh, for Dynamic anymore and I quit. So, after that, That winter, I was like, oh,、um, that winter I、uh, went to, I think, Malaysia or s- Malaysia. Okay. Because Daigo was invited to a round over there.、Mm. And I think it was FD Asia, I think. Okay. And I had nothing to do with it, but he was like, oh, you should come hang out. Because we <laughs> would hang out all the time. We'd go driving together and stuff. And I'm like, oh, You know, I don't, want, I don't know. I don't want to go. And he's like, well, just buy <laughs> a plane、Robbie. ticket. You know, and I'm like, okay. I guess it's cool. And he's like, you never know what kind of connections you make. Let's go. I was like, okay, cool. So I went, hung out, you know, spot for him, did whatever. And I think he won, or I forgot what it was. But it was like perfect timing because that time I met, we met the FD Asia guy, a guy named Marcus. And he was kind of like, oh, I think it was Goodyear or something that they wanted to sponsor Daigo to drive full season the year after. And he was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. And he was like, hey, Robbie, do you want to drive too? And it was like, oh, I guess.、And、it's like, just build, <laughs> build whatever car and bring it. We'll transport it, do whatever. So once again, it was like, oh, got to build a car. It's like,、Rope、I ain't、in. no money, but it's like, but it's fun. <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. And Daigo built some crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, 800 horsepower Sequenzo Tranny car where it like kind of blasts everybody that year. But、yeah. before that, he changed Formula D that year. Well, before, right before we went to the States, we had no intentions in going to the States.、Okay. But we went to Asia, and the beginning of the round of Asia was, you know, we were able to bring our cars. We did the first round in Singapore. Then the guys in Singapore left. After the one round, so they were supposed to sponsor us for four rounds,、mm-hmm. but the sponsors kind of dropped us. 
they were kind of like, oh, we did the Singapore round. We're out. And we're like, dude, like, man, we built cars. And my car wasn't much. Yeah. His what was like driving? crazy. I was driving a 180. It was mm-hmm. like a 400 horsepower 180. And we're like, oh, man, like, what are we going to do? Like, cars are in Singapore. Yeah. We don't need the cars in Japan. Yeah. You know, then the guy Marcus is kind of like, okay, let me see if I could do anything. And that's when he brought Achilles over. Hmm. And they're like, hey, we met. And Achilles was like, oh, you know, let's, you know, do this together. And, you know, we did successfully. I did okay. Dago won the FD Asia. And that year, same year in the U.S., I started to drive uh, Bridges Racing, uh, Brian Bridges 240, had a VQ supercharged. Um, but I only did like three rounds mm-hmm. because it was all West Coast because he hit me up and he was like, hey, you want to drive my car? And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Then it was one of those, once again, buy a plane ticket, go yeah. over there. Yeah. But, you know, you think about it now, that's a good deal. Um, but I was with Hankook then and they were like, oh, okay, we'll get you tires. He did whatever so I could drive the car. And I think I did okay with that car because the car wasn't like super What great car was this? It was a yellow 240, like S15 front end, mm-hmm. uh, 180. And it had a VQ, supercharged VQ in it. Mm-hmm. And I did okay in it. So everybody was kind of like, oh, you know, you can still drive. You know, the car is not to the, you know. And I was, because I was kind of about to quit. So I was like, you know, that was fun. Yeah. And then... At the end of that year, we were driving FD Asia. Achilles approached us and they're like, hey, we want to come to the U.S. And we want our market to be in the U.S. And it was like, what can we do? And I was mm. like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, and they're like, Robbie, you already compete in the U.S. Daigo wants a race in the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. and it kind of worked out where it was like, all right, well, let's do this. So um, we had a budget Then I had to build the SOAR, the SC. Yeah. Um, Daigo built his car in Japan and brought that over, which kind of changed history of FD. Um, and yeah, that's where I started to work with Brian Bridges because he kind of got kept me in the loop, I guess I would have to say, because I wouldn't have been driving in the States if he didn't offer the car. Right. So he kind of gave me that, you know, break back to be back. That's why I was like, okay, well, I'm going to build a car in the States and I'll mm-hmm. go through you. So um, built. The SC, it didn't make it for the first round. Mm-hmm. So I drove the uh, the SIL 80. I did okay in the SIL 80 again, but then the SOAR came out, and that car was probably one of the best cars that I had because the idea of having the car, because it was super simple. Mm-hmm. It was a front radiator, had a 2J, G-Force, stock axle, stock diff, you know, modified knuckles and blah, blah, and that was pretty much it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who like, built that car? Like, was that you or? No, no, no. So, mm-hmm. Brian Bridges was in charge of, mm-hmm. the build. you know, doing stuff. But then yeah. I think most of it got built at Gary's shop. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was when um, 
I was going back and forth with Gary and uh, Ben Schwartz used to work for Gary yep. back in the days. And then it was like, oh, how do you want to do this? And I remember I was like, yo, just cut. Like, I just want to take all the weight out, take whatever you can out of it. And then also don't like, don't do anything over the board. Like, I don't want an overbuilt car. I want mm. something that works. You Reliable. Know, I want 2J platform and Daigo was successful yep. with that in Japan already. And we know what that could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I remember I had to send the head and everything over from Japan because it was so much more cheaper. Yeah. Um, and got, you know, the bits and pieces done in, you know, in the States. And, you know, then after that, you know, the car did pretty good. Um, and I think Brian was, I mean, he's a really good guy. Um, and I consider him, you know, as a friend and stuff like that. But then I think when it came down to like when you're promised to do this and couldn't do it. And, and I know there's a lot more to it, you know, it's like mm -hmm. everybody has lives and stuff like that. And it's really hard to all of a sudden bring a racing program into your normal life. Yeah. So I know a lot of it, you know, there's pressure from the sponsors and everything, but you know, it was just, it was kind of a messy program. Yeah. But at the end, I think since we didn't do anything to the car, that was crazy it didn't make too many crazy problems. Right. I kept it simple. Yeah. And I was really comfortable in it because it was my own car. It wasn't somebody else's car. Yeah. And it was all on me. And the program was more like I got the sponsorship and I was feeding the program. So I think those couple years, I was pretty much concentrating on just driving more. I mean, uh, because I didn't have to really go back home and work so hard. Yeah. Right. Because I had enough to survive off of just mm -hmm. sponsorship. Nice. And the the biggest flaw of it is, you know, living overseas and not being able to do anything to the car. Like there's like hardly no testing. Right. It's if we have to repair the car, it's usually at the track or at somebody's shop, you know, when it's not. Yeah. And it's not a Gary shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and I think a lot of it where, you know, the cars were built and, you know, just like you brought up, you know, Gary like has a big part of the build of the cars and um yeah you know it was kind of like everybody had hope and they all came together and kind of we had like a super team yeah um and we weren't the richest or we weren't you know the craziest but also on top of that you know Daigo and his crazy style of driving in tandem you know that kind of like worked out perfectly and yeah yeah I mean it was it, it was I think the first year of the SC was probably maybe one of the funnest for me because everything was new challenging yeah. Yeah. and even you know the car wasn't working but i was still happy because i was like dude look at me i can't really be mad at this because i have my own car mm -hmm. you know i have my own racing program like how many people could say that in the world yeah. where you have your own racing team yeah and I, I say racing team it's not fancy right to the point where <laughs> there's like 50 people it's like a lot of guys that i know um that worked in the industry a lot of people came and helped out mm -hmm. the first year yeah. and they knew that, you know, we had a budget and it was like strict. So it wasn't like everybody wanted a crazy amount of money. It was like, you know, let's, you know, people at the shop would be like, you know, let me, as long as I could break even, I'm cool. Yeah. Nice. The people who can help out, you know, I love to come out to help out was able to, you know, so it was like a really, really good vibe. Yeah. If, if you hadn't listened, uh, Gary Castillo, he is on episode five of season two of this podcast he he talks a little bit about the behind the scenes mm -hmm. of how that season went down and yeah he yeah. he was saying it was just a, a bunch of dudes at the shop that were working on the car and it was not you know like it worked out really well for you 
and it was just like the the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. But I asked like the heavy hitting questions, and we had a really good story mm-hmm. that Gary had shared with us about Daigo mm-hmm. and his. I don't know what you call it. It's like. I'm going to just say it. Maybe we'll have to edit Someone it out. on the team. Mm-hmm. There's this like brown noser guy who mm-hmm. speaks Japanese, but he's mm-hmm. from here, from, okay. the, from the States. Okay. That would like help Daigo and make decisions about his car. And influence, oh. influence Daigo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Not my, well, I, don't, I don't remember his name. Uh, uh, K? K? It's like. K- <laughs> I have his June. name. We don't need to say it. But oh, I'll, yeah. We don't need to say it. Brown yeah. noser guy. Oops, I said, I said it. June. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. You cut that out, whatever. Did you? But, how was that for you? Like, did well, you see that? I, what was your side? I, I didn't have to. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this is crazy. Where when you're at Daigo's level, Daigo will bring a mechanic from Japan, and he would have the stateside guys, and even Daigo joked about like, "Oh, look, there's an oil spill under the car," and he's like, "Watch who's gonna jump under there, <laughs> like quickly to." <laughs> fix the situation where people will be like oh man let's clean the mess up so i don't have to get dirty but they're just kind of like they'll dive in there and their hair is all in oil and everything but (laughs) i don't know if that's dedication i think that's even more of uh it's almost like a cult Mm. like when you're following somebody so much to the point where they can kind of it's like having groupies yeah and then Mm -hmm. if they mistreat you in some way they're kind of still okay about it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, I guess it's bad and maybe it's not done purposely. Mm-hmm. And, but from my view, I'll be like, whoa, like I would never do that. Yeah. You know? and I'm, <laughs> I would never think anybody highly that much to the to point where that. I'll do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's, and that might go back to a whole thing about, Maybe there's other teams in the U.S. that are like that, too. But I think that goes back to the whole mm-hmm. the honor and everything in Japan mm. where it's like when you're Japanese, it's like, oh, my God, you're like God. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure it happens in the States, too. But when it's like that, you know, it's I mean, yeah. some people could take advantage of other people, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I mean, yeah, if we get into detail, there's so much, uh, you know, going on. But, yeah, there's I think some of the guys that were doing it for good Mm -hmm. and i think it divided it where like some people wanted like i wanted to do it because i wanted to be successful and i wanted to do it because i wanted to be successful for the team yeah and i wanted to come back and that was always like i would i would be super upset when i'm uh when i lose early or something because it's not that i'm upset that i'm or i'm never that upset when i lose i'm like oh you know, I, I lost. I got knocked out. But it's harder when I have to go back and be like, hey, guys, I'm sorry I lost. It's yeah. it's, it's more for me when I have to tell, you know, it's like. You're letting people when, down. Yeah, when you want to do so good for somebody and you couldn't deliver, yeah. it's a real crappy feeling. Yeah. And that's why I had a hard time calling my wife. Mm-hmm. If I get knocked out early, I'm just kind of like, oh, man, I got to call. It's like, hey, babe, sorry. You know, it's like. And she'll be watching live stream or whatever. And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you better next time. Yeah. But, you know, but I did have a lot of car issues too. So, yeah. And no excuses. I think a lot of people know in the industry where it's like, I did have a lot of car issues where it's like the car didn't make it. And I mean, almost at one point, half of the time I was in the States, it's like, I'm just sitting there. Yeah. Not driving the car because, you know, something. Mm -hmm. And, And that comes from budget and 
maybe we could have had better readiness and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not going to blame anybody else but me because that's what I did and that's the decisions I made. And I said, right. I want to do this and this is how much money I have. And since it didn't work out, I could have went different routes, but I did it. So, oh, well, you know. But driving with that team did result in maybe the, the highest you placed in your Formula well, D I, career. I, right? I podiumed in a Z uh, when I was driving for Dynamic. Okay. And then I podiumed in um, the SC. Yeah. So, and it's weird because after I podiumed in those cars, like the Z, I drove for two years. And I thought that was like, man, I got another year to drive this car. I think I'm going to do really good. Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole sponsorship stuff comes out. I was like, oh, you need to get in a newer car. Yeah. They want to build a GTR. Oh. And it's like, oh, I have no say. Yeah. Here you go. Here's GTR. It's not finished. Yeah. And then... So, like, the GTR is, like, my fave, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, I've never drifted one, but, I mean, I've driven one and I love it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I want to buy one for, like, my daily. But oh, I would, too. But, like, tell me from your, your eyes, because you've driven campaign what two different three. ones three different oh you so, fancy you fancy who does that it's not mine though yeah <laughs> it's not but so, that's cool so the dynamic one it was they didn't have the motor and they couldn't get the motor so they put a vq in it so they pulled the vq out of the 350 Damn. yeah and put it in the z Damn. or a, a gtr and kind of made that work but it was like you know there's no angle kit it's just experimental mm -hmm. like everything you know um so somebody was showing me pictures of it now and when you look at the engineering of how it worked it's like oh that's not gonna work that's yeah. not gonna work but then back then we didn't know yeah or they didn't know it was so, so no one was, no one had drifted a, a gtr i think nomu ken yeah was, they drove like a they demoed the blitz one a or, blitz yeah. one but i don't think it ever no, I, never I never saw it drifting yeah so I I thought that the one that you drove was the yeah. first GTR that I ever saw drifting. So that one was very underdeveloped. Yeah. And, you know, that was the last year I was with the team. And going back to the whole SC thing, same thing, SC, I was doing great, and we could have kept it. But obviously, because of the whole, well, you need to be in a more current car, this yeah. and that. So mm -hmm. I had to. Play the game. Uh, yeah. Yep. So I had, uh, what am I going to say to my sponsors? It's like, you need a newer car. It's like, okay. And the reason why I got a G37 is because I went on Craigslist and that was the cheapest rear wheel drive, most common or current car. Yeah. And a busted windshield, 300,000 miles on it. And it was like seven grand. And yeah. back then for that car being seven grand was super cheap. Mm. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Lexan window, you know, taking all this stuff. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So uh, I got that car. But going back to the whole GTR thing. The l latest one I drove is probably the best one I drove where mm -hmm. Jerry Ang Racing built. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, what I color think was that it was one? a red one. Okay. So, and this kind of sounds stupid, but Jerry helped me work on the G after Brian's team. And he helped me out for like a year or two. And uh, he really worked hard. And I thought, you know, he did a lot of good work. So it was almost like we were just fixing the G. So it just made it. And I was going to, retire the year before i drove the gtr you get you like almost retired like five times exactly and people keep pulling <laughs> me back because i mean you know for me i'm not competitive so it's not right. like oh yeah i want to go for a champ yeah i was gonna retire and i'm telling everybody i'm gonna retire then jerry was like i want to build i have a gtr chassis i want to build this car but i can't do it without you hmm. so 
It's like, what, what do you want me to do? And he's kind of like, like, I, you know, he's going to have to use me as the driver and, you know, be able to build the car and this and that. So I was like, all right, so, okay, one more year. That's why at the beginning of the year, I was already um, gone after this year. So yeah. I told him, I was like, no matter what happens this year, I'm out. For real. I'm, I'm out. For and real. Like, there's no, like, yeah. ifs and buts. I don't care if I do good or anything, unless we get, like, a half a million dollar yeah. contract with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't happen that often. And I was like, I'm out. And he was like, okay, I get it. I understand. So I was like, let's build the cars, have a, have a good year. And I said... And this is how stupid I am. I was like, hey, here's all the sponsorship, my budget and everything for the year. This is everything. Yeah. This is all I have. All right. You do whatever you have to do with it. Like build the car or whatever. But I was like, I'm not going to give you any more money. And I don't want you to pay me for anything. Just wow. get it. Like, so whatever you have to do, let's do it. I, yeah. I have no intentions of trying to make a career out of this now. Yeah. So it's like, I'll come and drive the car. Just fly me out here. You know, whatever. Your wife let you do that? She probably doesn't know. <laughs> now she <laughs> does. But, right now. but that's how much I wanted to, because I didn't want to. And I know because he, he, it was his first year building a car and everything. Now yeah. he has a great, you know, racing program. Right. But everybody needs that extra step. You can't just start from the bottom, yeah. bottom. So I, I, I kind of wanted it to be, here, here, now you have a car and a built car. Now you have a program because you helped me. Right. So that's my way of helping him right. out. Right. You're so sweet. And like his uh, later drivers are probably like, he's probably like, so do I get all your money? <laughs> no, so, and, and the same year, you know, towards the end of the year, because I already knew I was quitting, um, you know, Taguchi, who's driving Jerry's mm -hmm. car now, mm -hmm. he wanted to drive in the States and mm -hmm. he's, you know, mid 20s. He has a future. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, come on over to Atlanta, the round. I was like, you could stay in our Airbnb. I'll drive you around. And he wanted to help me wrench. I'm like, no, 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 no. You want to drive for FD, right? It's like you go in the stands and you watch. Yeah. I didn't bring you here to yeah. wrench my car. Yeah. So I would have him watch after the event. I was like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, man, I want to drive. Like, All right, man, you make it happen then. If you want to. I will introduce you to the right people. Yeah. And that's exactly what that's I did awesome. at the end of the year. I was so like, you hey. are Kamakaboing him. Well, I think that's why, <laughs> yeah. that's why when, you know, I think it's the passing the torch part. Yeah. Where, love it. You know, we joke about, oh, are you going to drive again? I would love to, but I won't. Yeah. Because yeah. I retired and I don't believe in, you know, if I made that choice six years ago, I don't think I'm going to be happy going back to it again. Yeah. I know it might look glamorous. Right. Oh, you know, oh, you're a race car driver and people might think you're greater. But that doesn't really matter in life. Mm -hmm. And I think I reached the point where it's like, you know, you appreciate the small things and the people appreciate you. If I can give back to the sport, blah, blah, blah. That's why I'm doing the judging stuff, even though they don't like us. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a very thankless yeah. job, right? Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that, like, why did you, I mean, how did that all happen? So you retired. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was funny. I think I was watching a little documentary on you, like a Japanese documentary, but it was, I think it was your last race mm -hmm. or following you. And then like Jim Law, I think they were like interviewing you, him and he's like, and he's going to be back. Anyway, like he <laughs> yeah. was kind of foreshadowing and yeah. I'm like, oh, so you, so did you cut the deal with them to become a judge like before you retired no. or? Um, 
So what had happened was another GTR in the mix. <laughs> man, and I man, you and you know what? I get I get stop. I get these <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say I get screwed, but so I drove in the US mostly and every once in a while I'll drive in Japan. Mm-hmm. But I will find a car that's on Yaku auctions, make it past tech, drive for an event, <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. Because it's more of like just having fun. So I was going to do that, but somebody was like, why don't you do a serious program in Japan since I live there? And I was like, oh, maybe I should. I never really asked for sponsorship. I never really done any of that in Japan. So one year I was like, man, what what chassis do I want to drive? Uh, my friend had a 350Z chassis. And I was like, I was kind of successful with that chassis. So I was like, okay, maybe that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I drove you know, fairly well in the States. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll build one of those. Yeah. But I won't do all the rounds in Japan, like FDE or D1 or whatever I was going to do. And I kind of wanted to make it laid back where yeah. it wasn't like, oh, can I get this? I wanted to be like, hey, if you want to join us, come join us. We're fun, you know. <laughs> and some of the people liked that. Yeah. And I had some good conversations with, you know, very good manufacturers. They're like, wow, I like that style. We would like to be on, on board. Okay. And everything started to get promising. So I was like, oh, shoot. This is really going to happen. This is awesome. So I was like, my program was, you know, build a 350Z, put whatever motor in it, and, you know, do this, 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 and keep it, you know, on a good budget. But I wanted the car to look good. And there wasn't so many or hardly any 350Zs in professional drifting in Japan back then. Yeah. So I was like, it's perfect. What year is this? Uh, shoot. Six, seven years ago, eight years ago, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, like seven, eight years ago. Then I was going to drive the Z, and then I went to an engine tuner called Funatsu. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was like, hey, can you build me a VQ? Because I was going to turbo the VQ or supercharge it, or I don't know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, what, what happened? And I'm like, oh, this is this, this, this. I have these people on board. I want to do this. And they're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Then I was in Irwindale in the States, and I get a phone call from Hunatsu. And then they're like, hey, Robbie, you're driving the Liberty Walk GTR. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So after I brought this, they took it as their opportunity to campaign my program. Uh-huh. Your program. And they kind of just went. Oh, oh, geez. And then it was like, I went back. And they're like, okay, we'll talk about when I get home. I get to Japan, and they're like, yeah, everything, like, the... The whole, everything was kind of built up by other people. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, what the hell? What happened? Like, what happened to my little <laughs> yeah. thing? But I was like, well, this is kind of cool, too. All right, I'll drive another GTR. Different person built it, you know. So, once again, it's like I, I try to convert some of these sponsorship to here. But two of the major ones that were kind of monetary. One was, has to do with Nissan or whatever. And mm-hmm. they were like, we cannot sponsor that because that's not how the car is built yeah it's a real wheel drive we don't want to they don't want to we don't want to be involved in it yeah and another place was also like close with them so they're like oh yeah if they're not in we're not in Mm -hmm. so i was like dude but they're like no don't worry about it like i won't ever come out of pocket but i still had to like provide a lot of parts from my sponsors from the states or whatever you know so they built the car and you know obviously it was like oh you know it's supposed to be great but you know not so great this and that and once again, it was like another GTR. And all that time I spent in, on that car, after the first season of FD Japan, we did 
okay at some rounds, but then, you know, this broke, that broke. At the end of the year, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't do next year. So I'm just kind of like, really? Like, I asked all these people to support us, and I got all these parts for one year, yeah. and now you're quitting, yeah. and the car belongs to them. And it's kind of like, dude, mm. like, I got screwed pretty yeah. much. And I was like, man. Should have had your wife involved. <laughs> So I was like, man, whatever, you know. And that's when uh, Mr. Iwata from FD Japan approached me, and he's like, "Hey, are you gonna drive FD Japan next year?" And I'm like, "No, probably not now." And he was like, "Hey, do you want to be, you know, involved with the series?" Yeah. And that's when I started judging in Japan. So I started judging in Japan like two years before I retired. Then it was mm-hmm. every time I'm in the states, everybody like Jim will come up to me and be like. You ready to wear one of these? Yeah. You know, like the, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. But then it was like that where it was like it kind of carried into it where they, I'm thankful because they didn't need another judge yet in FD mm-hmm. uh, USA, but then they kind of made it where it's like, okay, let's do the Judge Stewart. Yeah. And they made what a is, position. Can you explain so, that? So the Judge Driver Stewart is kind of the liaison between the team and the judges. So when there's a protest or something they don't talk to the judges the judges will you know the show must go on so they can't you know do anything but then the uh steward will be the guy that's kind of in between okay if there's something that needs to be delivered the steward would tell them if there's like penalties the steward has to go up to the team and be like yo you're you're out of line you gotta do this yeah so it was like one of those i mean kind of doing the dirt not dirty work but the 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 part that yeah you're supposed to be neutral yeah, and you just deliver yeah. So messages. it's kind of like I, yeah. you know they told me to do this, I yeah. can do yeah. this type Dumb. of deal, and you got to protest. You know, tell the judges, hey, this is what happened. Yeah. So started to do that, then COVID hit, or they started. I I think I did that for two years. Then Andy N was retiring as a judge, mm-hmm. so it was one of those. Okay, Robbie, so you're gonna be the next judge. And, you know, uh, Chris Yule was uh, doing something else on track. He became the steward. But COVID hit and I couldn't travel. Right. So it was like, oh, what are we going to do? So they put Chris as the judge because he was like the next, mm-hmm. you know, one one in line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. And the beginning of this year, I was able to, you know, start to go back. And they kind of made it where it was like the judges kind of rotate. There's four judges. Yeah. But you know, not all three judges or the same judges do it at every round. Right. Mm-hmm. And do you, how do you like that situation? Year. I think it's good because there's more brains. Yeah. And I think more the merrier, you know, I would love to see if there was five judges one day, if there's a scoring system, the top and the bottom gets cut, mm-hmm. the three gets added and like ice divided. Skating. Oh yeah. Like that. That yeah. would be great. Um, <laughs> I think the more brains is better, but obviously you can't just have anybody Right. Or be biased. So, you know, I'm probably, you know, varying off to something else. But, like, being a judge kind of sucks because I have so many people and friends in the industry. But I, to be professional, I kind of keep my distance with everybody now because yeah. uh, you don't want other. You can't I, go to, not, go like, eat dinner with drivers I, I, I do stuff, sometimes, but... but it's not like I can go and hang out at their pits that much. Yeah. yeah. Because I know it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter to me. I see right. a car, it's driver A, driver B, but I know right. how some people will see it. Yeah, it, how it's yeah. perceived, it'll, right? It'll, 
and it, it kind of sucks. So I had to kind of change my lifestyle yeah. um, around to do this. And why did you do it? I don't know. Well, <laughs> the reason why I started to judge is because, because I was the guy on the outside before. Yeah. And I saw it as, are they really doing that? Or do they really have this? Or yeah. the questions that everybody has to the judges. Oh, maybe they're getting paid more. Or right. The yeah. Sponsor the, you want to go blah, behind blah. the curtain. I wanted to see that. Yep. And if that was true, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't. Because mm. there's a lot of guys out there like me right. who has a lot of passion and did it. Yeah. And I came in and I really, really noticed that this may be harsh, but the guys in FD, everybody's straight up legit. There is no bias. There is none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like They don't care about who wins or not. And some of the scenarios seem like it's scripted. Yeah. It's so good. But it just happens. Yeah. And it's like, there's no way we can make up this story. And that's when I saw it and it blew my mind. I was like, wow. It's like, this is not what I expected. Right. Mm. And now I work really closely with them because I respect that. And the other judges, everybody always talks smack about him. They're like, oh, you know, he's this, he's that. But when you really, really like come down to like, you know, a personal level and you talk to them, they're all just us right and you can be a judge one day and people will hate on you and the guy who hates on you could be a judge one day people will hate on him yeah because nobody's gonna ever agree right and you know we're looking at the polls that they have on the live stream Mm -hmm. and sometimes it'll say so-and-so or so-and-so you could spin out and 20 percent would still vote for the guy who's oh yeah yeah you know so it's never it's never ever going to be fair yeah but you know, it's I think they were cool to work with me because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of honest and I'm not really a, a cheater and I'm pretty passionate about the sport and I have a lot of time in, yeah. know, into the sport. So hopefully by me saying, hey, I think driver A1, it's more of like I hope the fans and the people watching it kind of trust me and says, you know what, Robbie wouldn't screw somebody over on purpose yeah maybe it is you know yeah and some people who's you know think strongly against it they're never gonna agree but right Do you yeah have any you're never gonna make the conspiracy theorists happy happy nope. right nope. never i mean you're i can i can tell everyone who's watching that you are here in real life and these words are coming out of your mouth and you're not <laughs> somebody's AI. gonna say like oh yeah. he's ai yeah right? yeah. yeah or like <laughs> fd paid him to go Deep on yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 do you have any and then people think like I always tell them, it's like, dude, if I work, FD could fire me today yeah. and I still won't talk smack about like how they're trying to, it may not look like that in everybody's eyes right? and the world doesn't, but they need to realize that there's a lot of working parts and people behind this that mm-hmm. everybody's kind of going the same direction. Right. It's just that, you know, the way they take things is a little different. Yeah. And some people are just too stubborn to... Mm-hmm realize or or take in where you know we're kind of lucky and i don't want to get all i don't know you know i don't want to get all soft about stuff like that but it's like we're kind of lucky that we're here doing this right now Mm -hmm. and i think you have to kind of sometimes sit back and realize because there's all the stuff going on in the world it's like we're kind of lucky to be able to you know meet with old friends and new friends and talk about what we like yeah um and not have to worry about you know any other problems that are going on in the world yeah Yeah. and i think a lot of the guys that are so into it 
they need to kind of back up a little bit and kind of look at everything in, in a big picture. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I was able to do because when you're driving and when you have a team, you're like this. Yeah. yeah because vision. this is what you're worrying about. Mm -hmm. But right. once I retired, it was like this. And I was right. like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it really blew my mind. So you have a, as a judge, you have a unique uh, perspective because you are, you've been driving for so long. You've been mm -hmm. competing for mm -hmm. so long, especially in Formula D. Uh, what do you have to say to the people that, that have a problem with judges that don't have your type of experience or perspective? Um, well, this is how I put it, where if you run into somebody, like, let's say it's like, it's almost like working for somebody and I'm just, you know, comparing it to that. But this is the job you want, and the boss is like this, and you don't like the boss. You have to find a way around that. Mm -hmm. So it's either you just quit and go somewhere else and find another job that has a better boss, or you have to find out the way to please this boss. And I think when it comes down to, which is this is not good, but like let's say if you have like kind of a guy who's biased. I mean, whatever you have to, I mean, get on his good side if mm -hmm. you want it that bad. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that because you want it bad. So I think if you walk away and say, man, I don't want it that bad, that means you don't want it that bad. Right. So you walk away and do something else. And that's just the way the world is. And if you have other options, it's easier, but some people don't have the other options. So what happens is they have no choice but to go that route. Mm -hmm. And I think it's instead of wasting time fighting it, like, if you know that it's not going to work, you have to find a different way to approach it okay. and change your ways because this is a judge sport. Yeah. And this is a weird example that I give to some people. But if I told you guys both to wear a red t-shirt tomorrow and this is an audition, right? Mm -hmm. You guys come to the audition and you're wearing a red shirt and you're wearing a red shirt with white polka dots. Yeah. So I was like, sorry, she she's going to be hired. Right. And you're going to be like, why? Yeah. And I was like, hey, I told you I wanted to see red shirt. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it is red. Right. But it's got white polka dots. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, but I said a red t-shirt. And right. you're going to be like, well, I thought this is better. Right. And I'll be like, I'm sorry, you think that's better. Right. But we wanted to see a red shirt. Right. And that's exactly what happens on, you have style and everything else. I know there's, that's the stuff that you could leave at, Doing what you want to do can be done at a track day event yeah. or a demo. Right. That's where you go and have a blast. But when you come to competition and the judges say, we want to see your you know, rear bumper dragging the wall, guess what? You're going to have to do that. Yeah. And we're not purposely, purposely trying to put anybody down or make it harder, but it's so close and there's so much skill out there. And we have to throw these curveballs and make it harder yeah. in order to see who's better and who's not. Mm -hmm. And that's just competition. You yeah. know? So that's, uh, I don't know, an advice that I would give to anybody if they go to a competition and if they don't, you know, I, I think when people see a biased judge, they automatically think that, oh, you know, he doesn't like me. It's like, then you should approach them. You know, if you think, you know, ask them, be genuine with them. Yeah. And maybe they have something that they never told you. And when they talk about this guy knows this judge better than everybody else and he does good, mm -hmm. maybe it's because he knows him better. Right. And he gets 
you know, he could read between the lines of what he's saying and you can't. Right. And that's something that a lot of the drivers and teams should look into where instead of giving up, be like, oh, yeah, that guy's crap or anything. Like, try to know the dude. Um, and, you know, all the judges are pretty much open. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's yeah. a question asked, we're going to answer it. Maybe try to get to know what they like and, you know, approach them in a different way because it's never just this guy's fault. It's always... Right. You know, it's like a relationship, you know, it's yeah. never just one person's fault. It's always both ways. So right. you have to try hard and try to work as hard um, on your side. Yeah. yeah. Benson says the same thing, too, because mm -hmm. like it's like you judge and you hope that they learn from it. Mm -hmm. But maybe they're just so bitter that they're getting in in, the, in their own way when they could come to you mm -hmm. and have a conversation and be like, why? Yeah, we, we talk know? about we talk about the judging part of it. And some guys would talk to you, but they would talk to you when they happen to see you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to me, that means it's just, you're just talking to somebody because it's convenient. Right. Yeah. Like if I was walking down the road, I saw you be like, hey, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's because I just saw you down the road. Right. But if I went home and like emailed you or called you or texted you, yeah. I'm going out of my ways yes. to get to you. To right? right. So it's a little different from when I'm at the event and then they, Hey, what do you think of this? Yeah. Why don't they DM us or something asking about it? Mm -hmm. Like, and there's not a whole lot of people that do that. And we offer that, but that's surprising to me at the pro level. That there's so much at stake. With, yeah, yeah. With be sponsorship results. Like people don't want to go out of their ways and like, I want this, but I don't want to do all this. So when I can't get this, I'm mad Yeah. because I didn't do all this. Now, the guys that win get this because they do all this. They're going, yeah. Like, they go beyond. Mm -hmm. I mean, and mm -hmm. some, you know, drivers we know we've spoken to many more than some drivers. Some drivers I've never even spoken to. Yeah. Mm. And maybe they don't have complaints. Maybe they know what their problem is. But, you know, it's it, it's just like if you really, really want something, like let's say going back to that audition thing, if you don't hear back from them, you're not going to just sit there and be like, oh, maybe they don't want me. Yeah. I mean, Who's maybe the... message them back. Be like, hey, how was it? You know, yeah. just yeah. show effort, I think. Who's yeah. the driver that talks to you the most? Well, nobody really talks to me. <laughs> they talk to the other judges <laughs> mm -hmm. because... Because um, you look Japanese. Yeah, probably. They're, they, probably like, they're oh, like, he, I mean, doesn't, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, you know, just the usual guys that are on top, you know, they're, they have more conversations and some of them don't because maybe they understand it already. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, like the guys that are on top, um, even at the track, you know, like the top three guys we talk to all the time. Like right now, it's, you know, Chelsea, Matt, Odie, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously JR. Um, guys like that are always conversational and then they give you their straight up. Right. And it's not like everything they say isn't right either. Mm -hmm. But at the same time. They bring up good points sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, as judges, we're kind you of have to open consider to, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also there's a lot of guys that talks nonsense too. Yeah. Where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we talked about this all year and you're asking now. You yeah. Know? And that's kind of sad because some of the guys don't uh, pay attention to this, some of the easier stuff. And yeah. they're missing out. Hmm. Okay. Nice. I like that. The inside, yeah. the inside behind the curtain. Straight from a pro, uh, pro, yeah, I, pro I, judge. I, I ain't even gonna lie about it. Like, it's just, it's exactly the way you see it. Yeah, it's exactly the way it is. And yeah. I've never been told to do anything. Like, uh, in J FD Japan, 
sometimes the time starts to run close mm-hmm. and they're like stressing and they're like, oh my God, if you like, please, like try not to do it one more time. Oh, right? okay. But I'm like, but I have to, if yeah. I have to, I have to, I'm yeah. not going to do that, you know? Yeah. And they know I won't. Mm-hmm. I, I've never heard of anything in the U.S. Like in Utah, that was one of the longest rounds that we had. Mm-hmm. We did what we had to do, you know, and it took a long time, but nothing, nobody said anything to us. Yeah. You know, um, so I think they kind of take really good care of us where we kind of get our freedom um, to judge and try to take our time. And we do want to hurry the process because I know everybody watching the live stream, it's a little too long. Yeah. And it's kind of irritating when, you know, like, hurry up, you know, I think of that myself. I'll be like, dude, I need to hurry up. Yeah. But some of the runs, it's like I have to watch it a few times just to make the call, Hmm. just to make just to be fair right yeah and it kind of sucks when people are dogging on you about your call yeah or it includes everybody like the judges suck yeah all of them it's like no man like yeah not everybody is like that and everybody has their own perspectives like okay are you right 100 percent? you know that's what i want to ask right for some people but oh we try our best but yeah all right good answer okay all right Toes. We're actually, actually, um, I ask the hard hitting questions sometimes. Oh my gosh, that's and, my line. And uh, he said hard. I'm heavy. Oh, ah, heavy. Dang it, I got it heavy wrong. Heavy hitting. I said I I picked the the secret phrase toes. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Why, honey buns? Why did you pick toes? Um, when we have this certain guest on the podcast, because I heard that you're missing toes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have all your toes. What's up with that, Robbie? All right. So I was 19 years old, <laughs> minding my own business, working in a warehouse on the base. And uh, I was working in a freezer. And I was on one of those ghetto forklifts where we called it the joystick, where the the front and back was here. And then you turn it like this. You okay. stand and you get on it. Yeah. And it was like right foot power, left foot brake. Yeah. Uh, un- unlocking brake, I think. And I worked there for a couple months. And it was like a non-freezer forklift, an outside forklift used in the freezer. Okay. It wasn't even supposed to be there, <laughs> but they didn't have a budget or I don't know what okay. it was. All kinds of violations. Yeah, all kinds of violations. <laughs> and this is on a military base. <laughs> but no, we're talking, no ocean military. We're talking, we're talking many, many years ago, so yeah. I guess that's not going to count anymore, right? <laughs> but um, they built a brand new freezer warehouse next to our old freezer. So like, we would work straight up. And this is Shinji was actually working with me in the warehouse. Okay. And he was older than me. I was 19. We would get in there and it's just dark and cold. And it's like minus 30 degrees Celsius. So you spit on the ground and it freezes. Dang. And, and we're wearing these big suits. Yeah. And we're picking to send out frozen goods to the other bases because mm-hmm. the main was our base. And then we had to go to a couple other bases. And it took us like a full day to pick things it was that busy okay both of us we're not screwing around it's like all day back and forth back and forth like collecting things and on top of that we had to start to move uh all the products in the warehouse to the new freezer Mm -hmm. because the old freezer they're going to tear it down or something so every day it's like as we're picking we're moving things so it was like super busy all day sometimes people would have to come and get us and tell us it's time to go home yeah because we're so just into working yeah and then one of the days I was in the new warehouse and I was, you know, I had 
a whole pallet of stuff and I was like driving around, you know, and you got the beams because it's a big warehouse. There's mm-hmm. like beams in mm-hmm. it. So I was kind of avoiding the beams. And when I turned, I understeered <laughs> going this way. And then I ran into a beam. Now, I guess when I ran into a beam, I must have stuck my foot out. So my left foot got jammed in between the beam and the forklift. Oh. Now, okay, it got smashed. Cool. But the worst part, part is, since my foot was off of the disengage for break, it was stuck. So I was stuck there with my foot in between the beam and the warehouse. Or beam and the forklift. And I'm like sitting there like, you know, you're panicking yeah. because you're like, oh, you yeah. know, my foot's stuck. And I use more bad language, but I'm not going <laughs> to. And I was yelling. And then, Do you swear in English or Japanese? Oh, in English. Okay. Yeah. And then, <laughs> is it more powerful in English? Wondering. Well, I mean, because it? It, it it feels like you're cussing. Yeah. The Japanese cuss words ain't. Oh, okay. Like, you're like, oh, okay. It's kind of wait. Weak. What's the worst like Japanese poop. cuss word? <laughs> I don't know what worse. Yeah, I only know. Kso's like the S word. Yeah. Like there's not is a whole equivalent. Lot. Is so the equivalent of the S word, or no, is it no, more like no, poop? No, 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 no. They could say so on T, or maybe they can't. Maybe they can, but it's not like how I don't think they would censor it. Maybe depending on how you use it. Okay, yeah. it's not that bad. Okay, yeah. but um, yeah. So I I was stuck there. I don't know, thirty minutes, a minute, 30. with my foot, or not thirty minutes. I'm sorry, thirty seconds to. Were you supposed a few to wearing? Minutes. Were you supposed to be wearing steel-toed shoes? I was. <laughs> so, Another violation. So so Shinji, I, I was though. Oh, okay. And Shinji came in his forklift and he saw me and he's like, oh, you know. Yeah. So he came and rammed his forklift into mine. To yeah. Get, yeah, to free you. Then I fell onto the ground and I'm like, I'm like telling him, I was like, yo, my, my foot is effed up. Like, yeah. It's jacked. So we went to the office and everybody came. It's like, you okay? I took the boot off and it was just like blood. Like, <sighs> And I was like, oh, man, this is not, this is not good. So, um, just to let you guys know, steel toe boots work when th- things fall on, on you. On top. But it doesn't work so much when it's oh. like this. Yeah. Oh, so, my foot was mangled. And then I was on the base. So, I had to go to a Japanese hospital. Um, one of the guys had a van. He's like, oh, hop in the van. I'll take you. So instead of calling the ambulance, we just drove because it was like right, it was kind of nearby. So I drove yeah. over there. So I got there and the hospital's like, oh, yeah, you have to take a number and sit down. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, man, my foot Triage. is jacked. Hello. Yeah. And there, I'm like sitting next to Mr. I don't know, Yamada with the cold. <laughs> and I'm waiting in line. And they finally came up and they're like, oh. Wow, your foot's messed up. And I'm like, yeah. It's like it's, and I'm like sweating and yeah. I'm. I was like about to pass out. And they're like, can we cut your socks? I was like, dude, like do whatever it is to help me. <laughs> and, you know, um, I was in the hospital for a while. And I guess it, it, it kind of cut a lot of the nerves and, oh, you know, this and that. God. Then my toe, my, my big toe and the other toe started to rot. <gasps> you mean so turn black? Yeah, yeah. So oh. they're like, oh, you got to cut it off. And I was 19. Yeah. So I was kind of like. Yeah, cut it off. You know? <laughs> I mean, whatever you know. But I couldn't walk for a year. Dang. Um, I mean, I was on crutches and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't drive for like a year. Um, so which toe? So which toe? My end my up? left foot. So the big toe and the second one. You next don't to have two those toes. two toes. Yeah. So I have. I actually have. I have my my 
my feet is like this. But are your little three toes like super strong now? No, well they were broke. <laughs> they broke too. Yeah, and they kind of healed where it's like there's no middle. They're all jacked up. Yeah, oh. it's all jacked up. Yeah, yeah. So, and does it affect you at all? Like you're walking. Well, I mean, my back hurts a lot because I'm like, if I was a car, I'm like super misaligned. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, um, so your left foot is your my left foot. So clutch. Yeah. So, um, I'm. How would I say it? Positive camera on my foot, left foot. <laughs> yeah. That's but I, I make it look like there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you have, have to walk? Or, like and, when you yeah. go swimming, do you go like? Are you always turning left? No, no. <laughs> That's not nice. That, no, that no, no. But it's it, nice. not. Um, I never thought about it. <laughs> try it. Try it. Well, you're yeah, staying you know, at you the know, double trees. So you know the. Try. You know my. My dream of becoming a ballerina and all that stuff. <laughs> or a you foot know. model. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you can get prosthetics. I know. They have some good stuff out mm. there. Yeah. Why don't you have prosthetics? But I mean, it's. You're I mean, I shoes feel like your big Man, toe is important. I tell you, though, when you have. Missing, you can't wear flip flops. I can't. I know. That's a big. I have to wear like sandals. Yeah. So like, they didn't leave one... you like nubs. It's just flat. No, it's just like yeah, pretty much flat. So I'll show Sorry. you guys later. No, it's but okay. um, actually, actually, Gary wanted to see it. No, again. no, no, Gary. <laughs> for Gary, has Gary, deal. Yep, Gary always <laughs> yeah, looked out. He Gary was, like, was oh, yeah. yeah, he was texting us before this. Yeah, episode. he was like, yeah, don't. He's like, don't. <laughs> he gets mad, like, properly mad. Yeah. yeah, but then the whole I think, and you have to stay positive. It sucks. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it gives it character. Mm. You know, when I walk on the beach you can tell which one's my footsteps you know <laughs> or when we would go uh barbecuing yeah and i would wear sandals i would put a little piece of sausage on my throat <laughs> and I'd, I'd get the kids to come by i'm like hey guys come and i'll eat it and they're like like this dude just ate his toe you know yeah so i mean this is very like private secret i feel like it's like very God, you asked about that, babe. You, you know how people have uh, what is it called, like ghost limb or whatever. I had that for a while. It, like it'll it'll actually itch. Yeah, and you're like, there's nothing there. It's not there. Yeah. So you act like you itch it <laughs> yeah. or scratch it. Yeah. And it goes away. What? Like, what? It's like a whole mental thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you're just scratching the air. And it, yeah, I'm just kind of like touching the area, yeah. and then it all of a sudden goes away. Like, yeah, it's kind of mm. weird. Yeah, that's weird. But once again, you know. I wouldn't have experienced all that. And uh, I would have to say, you know, every time I get beat or something like that, I'd be like, man, you know, if I had all my toes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably would have took you. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a little handicapped. That's okay. I am. Yeah. yeah Special. But it's not enough to get a handicap sign. Yeah. Okay, yeah. toes. Let's get back to yeah. drifting. We need to call okay. toes on this toe story. Uh, we, are, we are rounding third base. We're yeah. going for home. Yeah, we're getting close to the end, and I didn't get to ask you about girl drifters in Japan. Okay, because you know we we don't get to talk about it much. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to hear. I know like Shinji's wife mm -hmm. um, is a drifter, mm -hmm. and I mean, in Japan, I would say that it's probably perceived differently than here. There's actually right? a lot of uh, yeah. girl drifters, and yeah, it's not that some. One's better or not, because I've seen so many girl drifters that are, you know, pretty badass. They'll lay down some crazy runs. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, who's driving that? And it doesn't even matter if, you know, it's male, female. Like, does really good. In Japan, in general, though, like, is it hot to see? Like, if you're if you're living in Japan, you've never been to America, 
is it hot to see a girl drift a car in Japan? Like, you know, because in America, I would say that it's really cool. And I, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's sexy, right? But then in Japan, are those girls more like misfits and different? Or is it? Well, I think, I mean, going to, you know, all guys and how they feel. And I think really depends on how they take it and mm-hmm. how the girls are and stuff like that, too. Yeah, it's like I think a lot of guys enjoy, you know, seeing girls at the track and stuff like that, too. Um so I think that's kind of an international thing where they'll see a girl drive. And on top of that, when they're a badass on the track, they'll yeah. be like, whoa. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, and so, I don't know. What, that's it. What do you think? It's good. Why do you think uh, there are so many girl drifters in Japan versus in the U.S.? Is there is there something culturally behind that? or? Uh, is it because drifting's been around longer? Maybe, and I think it's also because it's a little bit more common and easy to do in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the way I, the reason why I say that is because you know it, it could cost a little bit more money, like let's say the tolls and everything. You guys have freeways; you don't have to spend a lot of money getting there. But at the same time, travel time is very short. Like yeah. we have a lot. Like in my area, I'm only an hour halfway to Nico Circuit. I'm only three and a half hours away to Ebisu. Fuji is only like a little over an hour away. And I think wherever you live in Japan, there's always a track that's kind of near. So I think it's a little bit more easier to get there and more common. Um, And also a lot of these people, girls and guys, um, a lot of the cars are not overly built like the U.S. guys where it's a track only car. Mm. And some people have those. Yeah. But a lot of people have those street cars where it's legally or illegally plated. So they'll drive to the track. So it's a little bit more, I would have to say that it's a little bit more easier to go to the track because it's like, you don't have to get a trailer and you don't have to get all this stuff. It's kind of like you toss everything in your car and you go, enjoy the day and come home. And that's it. Like it's all in one thing. So I think it's just because it's more common and easier to get into in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even like some of the OGs, I still see a lot of guys that, they're at the track all the time. Yeah. They're still driving. And it's not like they're driving 800 horsepower cars all the time. They're still driving their 300, 400 car mm-hmm. SR yep. cars. Yep. And it's it's common for those guys to be there. So I think it's just that when there's a track day event, there's a lot of track day events in Japan. And I still think that there's probably a lot. It's more populated yeah. okay. overall in drifters. And maybe that's why you see more females over there because it's not just the the girls that are uh, populated is probably at the guys as well they need a drifting census that's what it is <laughs> yeah. but but i mean but can i ask you a question is there like how is like the population for girl drifters in the u.s it's definitely increased um yeah. it's a lot more common now mm-hmm. than it was obviously when i was doing yeah. it because i was the first me and yeah. yoshi Ishiyama, that was it so and we're and seeing a lot of yeah female only drifting events mm-hmm. um you know, Kendall, our friend Kendall is doing uh, sparkle drift, sparkle motion. sparkle motion drift events. And it's it's an all women event. And there's lots of girls that show up. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. in SoCal. Um, our friend Melissa just did an event in Utah and she 40 women came out for that. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. it's getting it's getting pretty big and yeah. it's, it's cool to see. Yeah, finally. But I mean, it's taken a long time. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's taken hey, so forever. I mean, maybe anytime, sometime soon we'll see, you know, we have 
uh, a couple of female drivers in you know in Japan and also in FDE. I think in Prospect too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe we'll be seeing more. Yeah, That'd be for sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still go back to like you know Danica Patrick did an interview for F1 and just recently, and it was so crazy because there you know there's no females in F1 yet, and they're like, hey Danica, what do you think? And she's like, I don't care. I really don't care as long as they're great drivers, bring them. Mm-hmm. And I, I I feel the same, you know. Like I'm sad I haven't seen any, you know, really. But I also feel like, dude, just if they're great drivers, like come up, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just every they gotta come up just like everybody else. So it's cool. But I'll be excited when finally we get to see like a FD champ that's a girl. Yeah, so. that's. I mean, one day it'll come because. Yeah. I think it's not even about. Uh, male female thing i think it's if that person happens to be in the right place at the right time and meet the right people yeah and has the right mentors Mm. and going back to the whole judging thing too i see so many drivers that are super good but they just can't they have to be cannot be nervous you know you get that only one lap or two laps out of that weekend to make it happen hyper focused yeah you have to be super focused you have to have the right people around you that's going to keep your car Mm -hmm. on the track and you know good keep team, you going yeah good, good team and all that stuff like yeah. i think when you're in that it doesn't really matter if you're you know male or female you will be a good successful person and yeah you know going back to the judging por- portion of it there's so many guys that are good drivers there's so many like like if you could do a figure eight pretty much you know how to drift mm-hmm. and there's a lot of drivers that you go to the track day events and you're like, whoa, who is this guy? You know, and even in Japan, I see that. But those guys go to a competition and then they mess up their qualify run or yeah. and then they lose mm-hmm. the mental. Yeah. So then it comes down to like, he's good. So is he. So is this guy. Everybody's good. That's mm-hmm. like a given. Like, yeah, you wouldn't be here if you're not good. It's just about how can you put your program together? Yeah. You know, your budget for the program, how you know, well, can you keep yourself focused for that one run and how to understand and know what we want to see and, you know, the people that like spotters and whatnot that are around you that will actually give you the, you know, correct information uh, to be successful. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So we're getting Love close it. to the end. I think I've got one more question for you. Oh, is it a uh, hard hitting question uh, or man, a heavy hitting question? You're going to keep getting at me for that. <laughs> Um, no, I just, um, so I know you have your YouTube channel and I really appreciate your YouTube channel because you're one of the few English speaking Japanese out there who can really give us insight on what it's like in Japan. And, um, you know, we don't have to rely on the crappy, like auto generated, uh, translations. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you another culture question. Um, can you tell us what is, what is something that Americans don't get right about Japanese drift culture? Is there anything mm, like that? Uh, I don't know. Like, I think everything's been kind of covered because, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, it seems like it's kind of repetitive. And that's kind of why I, I haven't really updated so much. I mean, I film a lot of stuff. Yeah. But my brother edits and the way we do it is I started to do YouTube because my wife bought me a GoPro for my for Christmas or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. So I started that and my brother was kind of like, oh, hey, I'll edit it. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. And, you know, what? Well, we barely make anything out of it, but everything goes to my brother because he's doing all the hard work. Yeah. I'm just walking around like a 
douche. <laughs> you know, you know, walking around and you know, filming things. And you know, my friend Kenny also helps me do that. You yeah. know, and it kind of sucks that he don't live in Japan with me anymore. But I do that, and it's I know I never go out of my ways to make of like I I don't want to make something that's fake. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like. What I feel like doing, or would I happen to go somewhere and I just film there? Yeah. So it's not as exciting, and I I, I think so too. I'll watch. I'll be like, man, like it's kind of boring, right? But, uh, but for someone who it, doesn't it, but, live but, that but I life, think maybe maybe that's why it's more real because yeah, I don't redo things. Like I I just go as 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 a flow goes you yeah. know same as how i i do stuff it's it's not like fixed right. i don't ask people questions where it's scripted or i don't ask them to say anything it's like yep. just like oh what i think right there and then right and sometimes i miss the good questions yeah. and i know it but i didn't think of it then so yeah. i guess it's not as important you know yeah. and maybe that's why it looks more genuine mm. but at the same time i think that the inside part of it it's hard to capture the real, and this is going to be kind of dark, but like I told you before, it was like when you meet your heroes, Yeah. sometimes it's like, whoa. And yeah. since I know a lot of people in the industry, yeah. it's not, and I'm not trying to break anybody's dreams or anything, but it's not as glamorous as it looks all the time yeah. because this is a battle for everybody. Everybody has to be on top if it's a shop or mm. if it's a driver or anything. So you got to yeah. get on top. And not everybody are like that. Yeah. But that part of it isn't shown too much. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. I, I kind of feel like sometimes I'll be watching something and I'll be like, it's not like that. Yeah. You know? And things like that, I kind of, I feel bad because now that all the wrong information goes out and everybody in the U.S. thinks so. That's how it is. And that's how yeah. it is. And thank God it's not about like misinterpretation of like, the way the Japanese people are. Well, it kind of is because I love Japan. I love the culture. You know, I'm three quarters Japanese. But there are a lot of flaws in the system. Mm-hmm. And we never touch that. So nobody thinks that it's a problem. Yeah. And guys like me who are on the inside seeing the problem, I kind, I'm kind of vocal about stuff like that. But a lot of people won't agree with me because they're like, no, 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 no. Like, Japan is perfect yeah it's not perfect yeah but one thing that i do have to tell you about japan that a lot of people in the in the states or you know wherever in the world don't see is japan is right now it's 2023 right japan is not in the 90s Mm. the 90s japan was the best yeah the cars the electronics all that stuff it's 2023 now so everybody has to stop and see and think, oh, Japan isn't that high tech. Because mm-hmm. I always get the whole, everybody comes to like, oh, I, Japan is so advanced. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. They still use fax machines. They still <laughs> sell DVDs, CDs. And it's like, um, you know, some of the old ways are kind of sticking. And some of them, you know, is, is, is too much. Yeah. Like, you know, ha- you know, listening to like vinyl or you know, all that stuff is like just retro stuff and everybody enjoys that. But Japan still uses that in the mainstream. Right. Where I think that the foreigners should kind of help Japan get out of that pit mm-hmm. so they can advance more. Because yeah. I, the way I see it, 
I mean, even cars and everything, it seems like lately they've been kind of behind in everything. Yeah, you see a lot of the the tuning companies, the major ones like oh yeah, HKS we're, and like, A- what Apex happened, and you know that they, yeah they they're not making as m- mm-hmm. much product anymore and uh they're not like they're not necessarily the most sought after brands anymore and a lot of them don't even make stuff in japan anymore yeah uh yeah things have changed i've seen that yeah so i think don't get tricked just because i'm japanese or just because that guy's japanese he doesn't drift well not everybody in japan (laughs) drifts well not everybody in japan is um honest and there's probably some you know some people probably had bad feelings or you know bad situations going to japan stuff like that but at the same time there are a lot of those good people and genuine people so just uh you know i think when when you watch the youtubes and everybody you know posts just watch that um enjoy it and i think the best thing to do is just go to japan yourself Mm -hmm. and like you guys too one day you guys will make it over to japan go to japan and just check it out yourself and then tell me how you feel about Japan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Agreed. good. Yeah. It's on the list. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. We'll be there with children though. We'll, come, we'll show up at your doorstep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll go drifting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that let's sounds good. Build a yeah. missile. Do you have a drift car? You have to buy one so we can go drifting. Well, I mean, I'll, I I usually come around, around something, but right now it's uh, since the cars are, you know, ridiculously overpriced. Yeah. Before I would, I mean, back in the days, I would just. Somebody would be over and be like, oh, yeah, I'll find a S13 for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Diff, suspension, cage, already ready to go. Take yeah. it out to the track. Yeah. Total it. Oh, oh well, I'll just yeah. pull the motor out, sell it. You know, it was easy as that. Now it's like, it's like, yeah. oh. Are there even S13s like around? Yeah, they're around. It's they're just around. that they're overpriced because overpriced. it's just like Corollas. Like I'm used to seeing prices like 300 bucks. Yep. And the the one I have right now, I probably pay like four grand. You have that a Hachiroku. was that was mm-hmm. already like I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm paying four grand for <laughs> hey, that's not bad. Well, but in for Japan. me, <laughs> for oh. me, knowing the cheaper price, I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm paying I know. four grand for I a Hachiroku, you know? Yeah. And now they're like a clean one's like twenty, thirty thousand dollars easy. So yeah, yeah, times have changed. Poor thing, having yes. four changed. grand. <laughs> I know. I can't find one for four grand. We're not getting one. It's okay. We're good. Yeah, we're That's not okay. getting one. I'm it's getting okay. I'm getting one. I'm going to get an R35 GTR. <laughs> and then you can get it. Is that your favorite drift car, Hachiroku? It's, I think it's, it would be one of my favorites because it feels like a go-kart. Like okay. it's really a hundred or nothing car. Like yeah. you have to drive mm-hmm. it really hard for it to perform well. Yeah. So you can't really like wait or sit back you're always constantly doing things it's, it's good but it's it's not a good it's not good when you're rusty at drifting you can't be rusty uh, there's no choice I yeah think. i mean <laughs> i mean I, i'm used to it mm. so i can get into whatever and just go from there yeah. yeah but um yeah definitely a86s are one of my favorites that's why i still have one um and obviously, S chassis are always, you know, easy. And we have a lot of the JZXs. Yeah. And I think, you, you know. Got, you guys have a lot of cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have one, but I think the JZX chassis is probably one of the most easiest to get into and bulletproof mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the drivetrain is strong. Yeah. And engine, engine is, strong. is strong, has make uh, good power. There's so many parts for it, for like lock kits and whatnot. So a lot of support. Um, yeah. But 
I'm more of like I want a V8 in Japan mm, because it's I'm, different there. Yeah, because I see SRs, yeah, one Js, two Js everywhere. Yeah, hmm. I love it. Well, we gotta let this tow guy go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got he's got a big event. Tomorrow. Yeah, you have a you have a lot to do. So thanks yeah. for coming in. No, and thank making you. Time. And you know, once again, sorry for talking your ears off, but no, no I warned you already. It. We enjoyed it. You, you did, did good. good. We only said toes maybe like seven times. It's good. <laughs> it's all good. No, no, no. Which no. is the number of toes that you have? No, you have eight. <laughs> I have eight. Down. Yeah. Well, you just said toes. toes so Some there you go. Are. That you. one is important. If Which I had one? seven. Oh, if I had seven, it'd be worse. That's right. Yeah. I, you couldn't walk, right? Yeah. The small amount counts. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does. The littlest things count. Oh yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. No, thank, thank you, you for thank you for all of your contributions to drifting. And you know, we talked earlier about how you want to be you wanted to be a judge because you want to help uh, keep keep drifting strong and maybe fix things if you if you thought things weren't going the right way. You you know, I I I feel that. So you know, we do this podcast because we feel like. We're documenting things, documenting mm-hmm. stories so that we can give back to drifting, something that gave us so much happiness um, that it, it changed our lives. So yeah. I totally feel what you're doing. And I appreciate that you're there um, as a judge with someone who's who has the experience of a driver and, and can bring that with you, um, that experience and that perspective. And um, yeah, I, I think it's really great. Thanks. Like you are a super OG and you know I I, yeah. I appreciate you coming in. OG san OG. Yeah, no, yeah. not that no, not yeah. OG san. OG. OG. Wait, wait, old guy. No, no. OG. OJI. OG. OG. No, but I mean just uh you know it sounds corny but then you know it's it's just good deeds, you know. It's like yeah. you you don't get everything and I can tell everybody in you know watching this podcast you're not going to get everything in the world. And it's not going to go your way all the time, but you always have to find the best of it. And also always appreciate, you know, the people that gave you the chance yeah. and never forget about it. And I may not directly it do it to, yeah, it's like you pay it forward. Happen to you, do it to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. Someone opens the door for you, open the door for somebody else, you yep. know. It's like yeah. just those small things matter. And maybe sometimes a lot of the younger generation kind of don't, they kind of forget that or something maybe. So, yeah, it's like. That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing anything else special. I'm just yeah. doing what was done to me and I'm just going to do it to somebody else. And hopefully that person will do it. And yeah. that's how we can fix the world, right? That's right. <laughs> I love it. It's all yeah. it's all centered around gratitude. Yes. So. Yes. And uh, so that's it. Uh, send me a picture of your feet later. I can post, post it on the YouTube. And, <laughs> no, I'll uh, text it to Gary too. Yeah. And, yeah. Be good. Oh man, yeah. he gets mad when I. <laughs> well, he's I like, well, I can't wait yeah. to send it to him. I'm, I'm opening this, and he's like, "What? What the hell?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah." Oh yeah. man. All right. Thank you so much. For Thank you, Thank you Robbie. Good Thank luck you. tomorrow. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Final round at FD. So we'll see you there. Hi. Thank you All very right. much. Arigatouzaimashita. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Salady Mania Podcast Season 2. Brought to you by Falcon Tires. Produced by Benson Sue and Nadine Sue. Audio and video engineering by Mark Mondoy. Graphic design and motion graphics by Steve Nakamura.
Got a question or comment for us? Call or text us on our hotline at 323-607-6075 and maybe you can be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts.